Welcome, all you commanders, eagles, and angels. This is Raybird, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Tara and Rama's Hard News on Friday nights at BBS Radio Station One. So we're grateful you're joining us here tonight, and we'd like to take a few moments to set the tone for the evening and go into that heart space and get settled within that within place. So just take a few cleansing breaths. Breathe into your nose, out through your mouth, gently, slowly, a few times, whatever breathing protocol you like to use for that process. Go into that heart space, let go of the dross of the day. And in that heart space, let us gather with our guides, our guardians, our spirit teams, our healing teams our ancestors, our totems, whoever you like to journey with that Kimi drum with. And I hear that calling drum calling us in. And there's a fire, and it's in the center. It's a council fire. Let us gather around that fire. In that virtual way we know how to do, in a circle, 
coming close. Let's call in those seven galactic directions in the Mayan tradition with the Kimi drum. Welcome from the east, the house of light. May wisdom open in the dawn that is upon us so that we may see things clearly. And we welcome from the north, the house of night. May wisdom mature among us so that we may see everything from within. And we welcome from the West, the house of transformation. May wisdom be transformed into right action so that we might accomplish what must be done. We greet from the South, the house of eternal sun. May right action give us the harvest so that we might enjoy the fruits of the planetary being. Welcome from above the house of paradise, where the star people and the ancestors gather. May their blessings reach us now. And we greet from below the house of the earth. May the beating of the crystal planet Tark bless us with its harmony so that we might end war. And we welcome from the center, source of the galaxy, which is everywhere at once. May everything be recognized as the light of mutual love. Ayam, Hunaku, even Maya, Imaho. Ayam, Hunaku, even Maya, Imaho. Ayam, Hunaku, even Maya, Imaho. All hail the harmony of mind and nature. In Makesh, Alakin, I am another you. You are another me. <clears throat> so just stay wherever that drum beat took you. As we take a few moments to look at the mind record of days for today and for the week ahead, 
today is a 10 Etznob. It's the white planetary mirror, and it is a galactic activation portal. So, <clears throat> portal day, and let's look at that a little bit. I, the mantra for today. Well, the 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 words for today, the planetary uh, keywords are produce, manifest, and perfect. And the words for Etznob, the mirror, reflect order and endlessness. So, the white planetary mirror today. The mantra I prefer. Perfect in order to reflect, producing order. I seal the matrix of endlessness with the planetary tone of manifestation. I am guided by the power of death. So that guide power is Kimi, that world bridger. And I am a galactic activation portal. Enter me. So... (laughs) Let's enter that portal state and know that that occult guide today is Akbal, the blue um, knight. And um, the ally today is the red dragon, Imish. And the challenge for today is the stargate, star Lamont. The yellow star, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's the <laughs> that's the destiny chart for the day. And they each represent a time period. The um, the tone guide is the second one. The first one is the ally, and that's between midnight and dawn. And so that ally for today. Um, Where'd it, where'd it go? Oh, yeah. is Imish, the dragon, the red dragon. And then between dawn and noon is where the tone guide comes in and is that part of the day. And well, it's all, all during the day, all of them. But it was for today, it's Kimi. And then between noon and dusk, that energy is with the, the challenge, the star. And um, then the occult period is now between dusk and midnight. <laughs> so we're working with that occult energy of Akbal, the night. So we're working with dreaming and abundance with this energy and this spirit energy. The occult energy is our spirit guide for the day. So that's how that works in the Mayan world. And uh, let's look at this um, Etznob energy a little bit more. It's the mirror. It's also a cutting tool. Um, it's another name. It's a warrior aspect, and it's working on groundedness and that wise use of honesty and self-understanding. So this is where we embrace the gifts of scrying the unseen in that fluidity and persistence that comes with the mirror energy. So let's let go of any illusion of separateness. Let go of fear. Let go of any abandonment issues as we embrace these energies today. And then moving on to Saturday, it's a 12 co-op, the blue crystal storm. Um, uh, No, it's not a 12. It's an 11. Excuse me. It's the blue spectral storm. 
that love and tone is about letting go, but no longer serves us. And uh, that storm energy is a visionary aspect. It's about creating transformation for others. So we're lighting clear thought with this is the work for Saturday, and we embrace the gifts of have that possibility of freedom and that power of catalyzing. So it's a good day to let go of any addiction to crisis or despair or fear as we embrace these energies on this visionary storm day on Saturday. And then moving on to Sunday, it's a 12, a howl, a yellow crystal sun. And the howl is about, is a healing aspect. It's the sun. So we rise to Christ consciousness with this energy. We strive towards wholeness and we transmute energy, transmit energy to others. So let's embrace these gifts of that possibility thinking and unconditional love, that gift of the God self. And let go of any limitation or separation as we embrace these energies on Sunday, next Monday. No, Sunday. <laughs> okay, and Monday, we complete this wave of Maluk and on the 13th. So it's the white cos, or the red cosmic dragon on, on Monday. So, uh, we got that 13 energy going. We're completing the the wave of Maluk on on that day. So the 13 ton is the cosmic ton. So it's the red cosmic dragon ending the wave of Maluk that we started on the the moon day. Maluk is the moon, and uh, we started it on the most awesome moon ever, the super moon day. And so we complete this wave on Monday. And uh, we also, at the same time, are beginning the 12th union on Monday, and the 12th tone is the crystal tone. So we'll be working with that crystal energy for 20 days, and we'll be working with a new wave starting on Tuesday. So let's look at this dragon energy for a moment for, for Monday. It's an artist aspect, and it's... It's about being creative. It's about creation. So it's about self-dependence and trusting in the universe. And it's about clarity of mind. So we work with those as we embrace these gifts of being that source of creation and the beginning, the, the gift of the beginning, that beginner's mind. And let go of that illusion of any illusion of lack of support as we embrace these energies on Monday. And that 13 tone is about that promise of change. It's about that transition and and moving forward. And so on Tuesday, we start a new wave, and it's actually the only way besides the first one, Imish, that is a portal day. It's also a portal day. So very powerful days coming up on Tuesday as, with that Portal energy going starting a new wave. Uh, it's going to affect the next thirteen days with that portal energy. So we're working with the white magnetic wind, and so we'll be getting the wave of the wind. And uh, the <clears throat> aspect of each is 
the wind is a visionary aspect. So we're working with co-creation of heaven on earth and truth in all matters and remembering our unity with spirit. So we embrace the gifts of the wind, having that voice of spirit and spirit working through us as we let go of any judgment of others or any secretiveness. We embrace these energies on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, it's a two arc ball, so it's the blue lunar night. Another artist aspect, the night. And the, this, the energy of this glyph is asking for our participation in, and our belief in our abundance and, and also learning from the dream time. So let's embrace these gifts of that protection of the night and being the mystery of life as we that we are. So let's let go of any self-judgment or any withdrawal issues as we embrace these energies on Wednesday. And it's a lunar tone, so it's that um, stability that we get from the opposites, <laughs> uh, the yin and the yang. And then moving on to Thursday, it's the three cons. And so that's the yellow electric seed, and it's also the new moon, which happens at 9.40 p.m. Eastern Time. So let's look at that seed energy. What a great energy for a new moon, that seed. Let's plant those seeds and and work with this healing aspect of the seed. It's it's about openness to life. It's about self-determination. It's about harmony-seeking and all about timing. So let's embrace these gifts of that possibility that the seed brings us and that potential of creation. As we let go of any stagnation or any lack of self-confidence or any hesitation, we embrace these energies on Thursday. And then Friday when we come back, it'll be a four-tongue, the red self-existing snake. And that Chichan energy is the warrior aspect. So we'll be working with remaining open to change and distinguishing between the body and the soul and transmuting energy with this serpent energy. So we embrace the gifts of that motivation to change, instinct and body sensing, being aware of our physical in the soul of our physicality in that way. So let's let go of any insecurity or any fears around intimacy or any issues about the body or any let go of any blockages by the ego as we embrace these energies on Friday. And then we'll talk about it some more next Friday when we come back. So that's the uh, record of days for the all the days coming up in the next week. And we are moving into a new wave of eek, the wind. So we're working with listening to the spirit, the voice of spirit with this energy. And, uh, yeah, in that new moon and then that uh, being a portal day on that magnetic tone, the white magnetic wind on Tuesday is will set that portal energy <clears throat> for the way the whole 13 days of the way so that's pretty awesome too 
<clears throat> Excuse me. So let's take a few moments as I change my hat and talk about the housekeeping as we are a listener supported radio program. It's all of us that make it happen. And um, we have expenses with BBS radio, and then we also assist Tar and Rama with their bills. And we're starting this week <laughs> to um, pay back. Uh, some past due from last February that we owe BBS Radio, and we're doing it by adding $50 each week to to pay uh, our, for our services with BBS Radio. And so uh, what we'll need for this week is $355 to, to do that, and uh, it's, it's more this month than normal because of the number of weekends, a number of Saturdays <laughs> that are in the month um, is higher, so we that makes it work out that way. So uh, 355 is what we need each week for the rest of this month, and uh, we still need from last week $277.75, so we're caught up um, for before that, but we do need for last week as well, so... That adds up to $632.75. So if you're listening to us and can make it happen, let's see what we can do to <laughs> get these these uh, expenses taken care of. We are really grateful for BBS Radio, and we do have a lot of shows on BBS Radio, so we'll talk about that, uh, which what the shows are and when they are. and. Um, be sure to attend and be sure to assist in gifting, giving back as you can as well. So here's how we do it. We go into our heart space and see what is ours to give. And then we go to bbsradio.com, and we're looking for the schedule there on the homepage for BBS Radio 1, and you'll see the listings for our programs uh, for this program at the 8 o'clock hour on Friday nights, these are central times. Uh, so it's listed at the 8 o'clock hour as the hard news on Friday night with Tara and Rama. And then as you're there on that menu, you also see listed on the 8 o'clock hour on Thursday nights, a night at the round table with the panel. Uh, so both of those shows are our shows to, um, that we present, and they're about, well, let's see, the Thursday night one is two hours, and the Friday night one is five, maybe five and a half. <laughs> so we, we'd, um, yeah, we appreciate it. As you click on that icon, that'll take you directly to our account with BBS Radio, and you can make a donation in any amount. We have a program on Saturdays that starts at the 3.30 hour, and it is on Radio Station 2. And it's the heart, it's the true history, history of Nisera and our galactic origins. And, uh, yeah, with Tara Rama. So that, that show starts at the 3.30 hour and it goes until the 1.30. Is that right? Central time. Yeah. Actually, it goes, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> Anyway, for me, it's 2.30. So whatever it is, it's 12.30 there, maybe. 
So there you go. That's when that one starts. Um, it's mount, mountain time, not central. So whatever. Uh, <laughs> you'll see it listed there uh, at the 3.30 hour. And that's that icon, as you click on it, will also take you directly to our account. That's how that works. So you can make that donation in any amount uh, to help us pay this bill. We need 630 $2.75 by next Thursday to have that end in a timely way. And we're grateful for your contributions and your participation in this way. So much gratitude. And may your, your paying it for bless you with many, many fold the abundance in your own life as you do so. So lots of gratitude, 13 thank yous and honey in the heart. So we're also assisting Tara and Rama with their needs. And this week, they have three bills that are due. There are two that are due on Wednesday, and they are $155. And then the, on Friday, they need $155.85 for their uh I don't remember which bill, but it has to be paid. It's the internet bill or something. And anyway, so it comes out to three hundred and six dollars, and then they need another couple hundred dollars for their living living expenses. So it's another five hundred and six dollars altogether. So um, yeah, it's it's a lot, and but we are many numbers out there, and as we each pick pitch in a little bit on a regular basis, then it can happen. And we can, and we do it this way. We've been doing it for the last 13 years. So, uh, so much gratitude to every, each and every one of you for your participation in this way. We're so grateful for your gifts, and we're so grateful for all the ways that you show up in your life. Uh, so here's how we make a donation to Tara and Rama. You can access their PayPal account by going to their website, and the web address is rainbowroundtable.net. And there on the home page, as you click on the menu grid, you'll see a menu drop down. It's pretty long. It's a lot on that website. But uh, you'll see the donate link near the bottom of that list, second to the last. Click on that, and that'll take you to the Rainbow Roundtable PayPal site, and where you can make your donation in any amount. And as you want to access the friends option, you do that by in putting in the email address for that site. And it is Koran, K-O-R-A-N, 9999 at hotmail.com. And I'll say it again, Koran, K-O-R-A-N, 999949 at hotmail.com. And that just eliminates the commercial charges, and which makes the money go a little further. So either way, it's perfect. We're grateful for your contributions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, assisting Tara and Rama so that they can do their work, so Rama can go out there and have the gas money to travel and <laughs> make his connections that he makes and bring us the good news from from the galactic uh, friends of the White Knights that work, that he's in touch with. There's 44 of them all together. And I, I think maybe 48 by now, actually. There's been a few added. <laughs> but, uh, he has those contacts, and we're grateful for him to be that 
communicator, that go-between, between those that information and bringing it to the people in this way. So lots of gratitude for Tara and Rama and all of their contacts and for their persistence in keeping the, the information flowing for all of us. So thank you for making those donations and supporting that effort. And uh, so much gratitude to you. Um, what else? So as you're sending something to Tara and Rama, let Rama know by sending him an email. And that email address for Rama is Koran, K-O-R-A-N, 999, at And then as you need it, the mailing address is as follows. Ram, R-A-M-D. Berkowitz, B-E-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z, Post Office Box 280, and that's in Santa Cruz, New Mexico, 87567 is the zip code, and I'll say it again, Post Office Box 280-280, Santa Cruz, New Mexico, 87567. So there you have it, all the information, and I'm looking forward to hearing the information that they have to share with us tonight. So I'm passing this talking stick. But first, I want to say 13 thank yous, honey, in the heart, long life, no evil. And this talking stick, I'm looking at it. <laughs> Whoa, it's got this like. Uh, it's it's got all the tooth warriors on it, so you know Quetzalcoatl is there and Excalibur, that sword of truth, and it's it's got lots of angels and lots of rays of the rainbow and all kinds of feathers and fairies and lots of little people, the Menahunis and the and the dwarves and the elves and the gnomes and the and the divas are there, and the unicorns and dragons are right behind. That dragon is blowing some real fire of change and transmutation. So, <laughs> watch out! Greetings, Tara and Rowan. Here comes this talking stick. Welcome. Greetings, all oh, you commanders, eagles, and angels. Thank you, Raybird. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Yes, we got to keep meeting this way. <laughs> got a Virgo new moon coming up. Application to detail of the divine feminine kind. Yeah. Don't a, skip any opportunity to receive more love. That's how we enter 5D. <laughs> yes. Indeed, and the opportunities are increasing and multiplying. And we're going to listen to Amanda Ellis Ellis tonight. And she's going to look at September. September and our opportunities. And, of course, it's always up to us. We're the ones we've been waiting for yep. to take the opportunity, every opportunity, for receiving more love. What a what a. Uh, what a menu. <laughs> what, Rama? Oh, it, it's, uh, it's just awesome to behold. Yes, we are living in a very amazing period of time here. 
Yeah. It is the most dangerous, most precarious. Yeah. And at the same time, the most glorious because we have the ability to change it with our hearts. That's a big deal. Yes. Love is the answer. Actually, love's all there is. Yes. You might be uh, looking for some. <laughs> it's all it's right in front of our noses everywhere. It's not always, you know, smooth in the sense that the challenges that we have are being brought up for revolution, resolution, evolution. Yeah. Yeah. I'll read what Rama learned today. How's that, Rama? Okay, where to go? Here we go. I had a little chat with Rana Moog today at 12.45 p.m. She said to me, Lord Rama, the energies are very intense and very high. The dark side knows they are out of time. They are quickly and desperately trying to hold on to the louche, which is a word for the psychic energy, which comes with fear and trauma at every turn. People are quickly waking up. They don't want war anymore. I can speak from personal experience. Where I come from, one-third of the Milky Way galaxy is gone. And Ranamu comes from 175 million years into the future. Yes. And she brings that energy with her back to the present because this is the time as that can be changed. changed for the better. I was thinking about what... Uh, Mother told us many my long time ago that there are these seed pods in the capstone of the pyramid, which yeah, etherically it's there, but it hasn't been seen there for a long time. The capstone physically. Yes. Um, maybe tonight we'll ask Mother about that happening. Yeah. That it manifests physically and it. Then it's accessible to uh, take those seed pods out of that capstone and plant them. And they create, they grow vines. And in about 48 hours, those vines can grow across that desert 100 miles. I don't know how many, but many, 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 many miles. I mean, it's like Jack and the Beanstalk across only uh, horizontally across that desert. And, and the seed pods release xenon gas, mm -hmm. which restores our atmosphere. And that means the, de the Sahara Desert becomes a, a, a garden then. Yes. A beautiful garden. All the natural plants of the area grow again. Yeah. And I think that goes to a global level, too. And that's something to think about because on Thursday we were discussing 
you know, from what we have experienced in the past, you know, and that's not in that story. So it looks like we're trudging along. Uh, very, very. Mm-hmm. Yet that's not the case. No. It's moving. So I think this month, September, is going to provide a really golden opportunity to experience what that really could mean to all of us. Right, Emma? Yes. So, let's go on. I can speak from my personal experience. Where I come from, one-third of the Milky Way galaxy is gone. We are canceling that timeline right now. It is about how we connect you know, we connect with the quantum field. Do you want to explain the quantum field a little bit, Rama? Uh, Tesla calls it the ether or the aether, and it surrounds every every living molecule, particle, atom. I call it the force, like in Star Wars, and you can talk to it. It talks to you. It, it's where all the Akashic records are kept for, uh, I guess, as long as this local universe of Nevadon has been in this present realm, which is a long time, a lot longer than I even know how to describe. But it, it is all written word for word, in the Urantia book. And that's a whole long story in of itself. Because it's just a slice of what Nassim Harmin talks about. There are universes upon universes before this universe. And, oh my God, how that relates to right now is I just have to be here now, as Ram Dass used to say, be loved now. Okay, so see you in the light of the most radiant one, Satnam. Namaste, blaze the violet fire. Um, well, we you want to do that and then talk a little more after that? Oh. Uh, We've got about 12 minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what I could say in terms of the hard news that I've heard that, you know, whether you want to believe the lamestream media or not, but the characters involved with the January 6th insurrection, it is tightening real fast. And... You do not overthrow a duly elected government. And both sides are as dirty as sin. If there is such a thing as sin. We have the TV paused on um, Mr. Mark Meadows' um, comments, and it says, as the substance of the overt acts constituted a significant part of Meadows' testimony, and proof of his acting within the scope of his federal office. The court concludes 
that based on the factual evidence, Meadows was not acting in the scope of his office for purposes of federal officer removal. And that's like we're doing every bit of detail. That's what's going on here. Virgo. Yes. Fanny is doing her job. (laughs) Fanny. Bonnie is on (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I know. Oh, my God, the names. It, It is just amazing to be here and watch this because, um... And we always got to take it to ourselves, too. You know? Yeah. uh, Let he or she cast the first stone that has not sinned, I think the man said. Yeah. A long time ago. And uh, and that's not what we're here to do, is throw stones at each other. And sin is someone getting in the way of someone else going home. Yeah, and and the way we work together and dialogue and share and also allow each individual consciousness freedom of their own movement in every moment and their choices and having a life that's, yeah. I can just say with uh, each day that's passing, as we are in 5D, yet how we bring that into our individual lives in many ways I'm seeing so many folks wake up and all the beings as Angel Sue used to say known and unknown that are being called in to active duty in the office of the Christ they inherently know the animals know this is why they're all coming out at this time, there's people, the Koji people talk about this, where the star brothers and sisters will show up to uh, help us awaken even more. And again, we're witnessing accountability now, and how we do that really makes a huge difference. As we do it with our hearts and unconditional divine neutrality and be firm and have some reasonable dialogue and ways to uh, come to uh, a good plan for getting back into alignment with 5D. Yes. And that has to do with anybody on any side of this story. Uh, freedom is the answer. Money? (laughs) How we work with that is, you know, we're learning how to use money to, like that as a song, love is something that you give it away and it keeps making more, same thing with money. Uh, Let's play this now, Rama. Okay. Let's do this. This is called Five's Final Step to 5D. The paradigm shift, the end of 3D and the rise of 5D reality. Final Step to 5D. 
fifth dimension is a state of consciousness that has been locked away in the human mind for thousands of years. It's time to let go of old ways of thinking and be fully in your power. We are living in a time where we can choose to expand our consciousness by following the path of God, opening our hearts to love and dissolving the old earth. The old paradigm of separation and duality is being dissolved and the energy of love is ascending. The fifth dimension is not a physical dimension, but a higher frequency of energy that exists within all things. It exists on every level of vibration and awareness, from the smallest subatomic particle to the largest galaxy. It is also called God Source Consciousness because it is connected to everything at once and contains all knowledge, wisdom, and love. The old earth was based on a negative polarity that kept us from being fully connected to our true nature as infinite beings living in this beautiful universe with others like ourselves. It was based on fear, doubt, and separation from God's source consciousness. The old dimension of 3D space-time has been dissolving for some time now, and we are finally ready to make the final step into the new frequency of the fifth dimension. This new dimension is the most expansive and powerful dimension that can be experienced by humans. It is a non-physical realm, but it has all the qualities of a physical realm. Gravity, light, and sound. It also has all of the qualities of the spiritual realm. Love, joy, peace, etc. We are now living in a reality that is made up of two aspects, negative and positive. These two aspects exist simultaneously within us and around us, as they do in nature, which means they can also exist within our hearts. When we open our hearts to these two aspects, they become part of our inner being, and we begin to see them everywhere in nature, even within us. The third dimension is time and space. It is the dimension that we live in, and it is the place where our physical bodies are located. The fifth dimension is space-time. It is the place where our consciousness travels, the place where we store memories, and the place where we experience thoughts and feelings. In this new dimension, there are no negative thoughts or emotions to hold you back from achieving your goals. You can expand your consciousness to include the God-Source consciousness energy within yourself so that you can operate at a higher frequency level of vibration. You can also release any negative thoughts or emotions that have been stored in your DNA, which is present in all living organisms. This allows for a more positive approach to life and allows for more creative solutions to problems instead of simply reacting in a habitual way, which may lead to more conflictual situations. We will enter into the paradise of 5D, the heaven on earth. When humans evolve into a higher spiritual state of being by raising their vibrational frequencies until they align with the fifth dimensional frequency range, which includes all of the other four dimensions. The big picture, the whole truth, is that you are already here. You are already connected to the heart of God, and your consciousness is expanding. As you shift from 3D to 5D, as you open your heart and connect with the love of God, as you dissolve your old earth and expand your consciousness in all dimensions, things will change for you. You will feel a sense of lightness and freedom that is beyond anything you have ever known before. You will feel lighter than water and lighter than air. You will feel like you are floating on air instead of walking on earth. 
your spirit will soar into a higher dimension where there is no longer any separation between what is up and down, left and right, black and white, male and female, good and bad, love and hate, or life and death. There are no limitations on this new dimension. It's infinite. The next step in your evolution is to dissolve your old 3D reality. And the way to do that is to surrender and let go of everything negative and unsupportive, including yourself. The more you shift, the better you feel. The clearer your mind, the more loving you'll become. You are a beautiful soul, and this is just the beginning. Keep opening your heart and experiencing all that love has to offer. You are a unique expression of the Creator's love. Your level of consciousness is growing, your heart is expanding, and you're evolving into a more loving you. Get ready for your transition to 5D. Being in love with God, dissolving the old earth, and expanding consciousness are all part of this new way of being. In this 5D dimension, you are a star. A star who has just switched on your heart. We love you dearly. We are here with you. We are your family of light. We are the Galactic Federation. Aho. This is a message to humanity from Aurora Ray, Ambassador of the Galactic Federation. so interesting that the fifth dimension is being uh, presented to all of us right now mm-hmm. and how we on this path of ascension um, express ourselves in daily routines and life with people that are a little bit uh, in a place where they don't know who they are or they don't know where to choose to go. And uh, you might say they feel very trapped because they got to pay the rent and bills and things. And it's not exactly a fair system right now. So again, appreciating that Nasara brings fairness to a world that hasn't seen it for close to 6,000 years now is a long story and so we take our time and go slowly and do a few things with this new energy and do them well and we will have a further check about how we do that on the conference call rama what's the numbers real quick um seven two zero seven one six seven three zero one and the pin code is three five three eight six three pounds all right. Say that one more time. Uh, 720-716-7301. And the PIN code is 353-863-POW. All right. We'll see you there. And then we'll be right back here at DBS Radio, the best radio in town, in, the, in, the, in our realm of awareness at the moment, uh, uh, at the top of the next hour. So, see you on the conference for now. Namaste, everyone. Namaste.
Precious Heart, thank you for joining us for our weekly vlog. The latent abilities encoded within humanity's 12 fifth dimensional crystalline solar strands of DNA 
have now been activated. This activation was possible due to the monumental activities of light that were co-created through the unified efforts of every person's I am presence and the entire company of heaven during the first eight months of 2023. These latent abilities reverberate with sacred knowledge that contains viable solutions for the myriad surfacing maladies plaguing humanity, the elemental kingdom, and Mother Earth at this time. This sacred knowledge is flowing into the divinity of our heart flames and being slowly revealed to our conscious minds as an intuitive inner knowing. Our Father, Mother, God have acknowledged that the magnitude of just what this means for each of us and our ascension process is truly beyond the comprehension of our finite minds at this moment. However, we are being assured that this lack of comprehension is a very temporary situation that is being remedied moment by moment as our I am presence translates into our conscious minds the profound truth being released from the newly activated codes in our fifth dimensional DNA. A vitally important facet of this profound truth is that humanity in mass has reached a frequency of energy, vibration, and consciousness that has allowed our Father Mother God to open a portal of our Mother God's comprehensive divine love within every person's fifth dimensional crystalline solar heart of hearts. The love of our Mother God that is now flowing through this portal has burst the paralyzing grip of the energetic attachments, the bonds, traps, cords, and connections that have been used by forces outside of ourselves to manipulate and control us for eons of time. The nefarious intent of this now failed effort was to prevent us from connecting with our I am presence and the company of heaven after our fall from grace. But our Father, Mother, God want us to fully comprehend at this moment is that all of the sons and daughters of God embodied on earth have now been cut free from this interference. We are now able to hear the inner voice of our I am presence, unimpeded by the frantic attempts of the forces of imbalance to prevent it. All we have to do to tangibly experience this truth is take the time to go within and to listen. The most effective way these forces of imbalance have used these attachments to manipulate us into being their pawns 
is through fear, anger, hate, and convincing us that we are victims and that other people are the reason we are suffering. Our godparents have once again proclaimed that nothing could be further from the truth. In order to reclaim our sovereignty and accept the opportunities at hand, we must now transcend the lies we have been manipulated into believing and focus on the reality of truly who we are and why we are here. Our Father, Mother, God have given us a glimpse of that truth. Please let these words resonate in the deepest recesses of your heart. This is the truth about you. A quote from our Father, Mother, God. You are a precious and beloved child of God. Your unique golden thread of life confirms your divinity and reveals the reality that you are an essential part of Earth's ascension in the light. This knowing will renew your faith in yourself and will remind you that you are a priceless human being. Once this realization truly registers in your heart of heart and your conscious mind, you will never again say, what good could I possibly achieve? What value am I? What difference will one soul make? you will recognize those words to be a sacrilege. We are your father, mother, God. We created you and we have chosen to express some beautiful manifestation of life through you. You are destined to fulfill a portion of the glorious divine plan unfolding on planet Earth. Now is the time for you to release the unique perfume and music of your being to bless all life. The purity of your individual fragrance and keynote is unlike any other ever released by the evolving sons and daughters of God. Something sacred is hidden within your being that has never been known by another. It is an exquisite expression of life, which your I am presence alone can externalize. It is time for you to accept this divine truth. It is time for you to stand revealed as your mighty I am presence grown to full stature. And so it is.
now that we have been cut free from the bonds and manipulation of all past interference, know that the following information is the sacred knowledge, our I am presence, and the company of heaven want us to remember at this time in order for us to transcend the illusion of being a victim. As you hear these words, allow them to resonate within the emerald green flame of truth that is pulsating in your heart flame. I am a co-creator with my Father, Mother, God. All energy, every atomic and subatomic particle and wave of life comes from the all-encompassing presence of my Father, Mother, God, the cosmic I am, all that is. Everything that seems like solid matter is actually pulsating with divine, intelligent energy from the very heart of my Father, Mother, God, which is the core of creation. The purpose of my earthly existence is to learn how to become a co-creator with my Father, Mother, God by using the divinely intelligent energy from my prana and my life force, which is my gift of life. This is accomplished with every breath I take through my free will choices and how I decide to use my creative faculties of thought and feeling to form previously unknown patterns of perfection within the causal body of God. Through my I am presence, I am open and receptive to the divine directives of God. With the activation of the latent abilities in my 12 fifth dimensional crystal and solar strands of DNA, I am now able to comprehend a higher level of sacred knowledge. I now understand my divine mission with a new clarity. There is an awakening taking place within my heart flame and I am now recognizing my responsibility for the conditions existing in my life and on earth. I remember deep within that through the universal law of this circle, I am a co-creator of the physical plane. My thoughts, words, actions, and feelings are projected onto the atomic substance of physical matter and they manifest in physical form. As my life force flows through me, 
every electron picks up the vibrations of my consciousness and then expresses those vibrations in visible form, experiences, and circumstances. That means that whatever I am thinking about and whatever I put my feelings and energy into, I am bringing into form. In other words, where my attention is, there I am. Because of the confusion and interference I have experienced in the past, I have given power to physical matter. I have allowed the distorted manifestation of physical matter to become my reality. When, in truth, it is only an illusion created by my beliefs, thoughts, words, actions, and feelings. I now realize with my new level of understanding and clarity that physical matter is nothing more than a mass of atomic energy controlled by my consciousness and manifesting through my thoughts and feelings. Never does matter control consciousness. My world reflects my human consciousness. In the past, I have set about trying to change the physical conditions of my world instead of changing my consciousness. Those conditions are only the reflection of my consciousness. Trying to change physical conditions without changing my consciousness is like trying to change the reflection in a mirror without changing the object causing the reflection. It is a futile effort. Now, I am one with my I am presence. My consciousness is rising. My transfiguration is occurring subtly and deeply at an atomic cellular level. The seed of awareness is growing within me through the sacred knowledge being revealed within the newly activated codes in my fifth dimensional crystalline solar strands of DNA. The seed of awareness is blazing like the sun and radiating forth crystalline rays of fifth dimensional solar light. My heart flame is expanding and the flame of my mother God's comprehensive divine love, which is now flowing through the newly opened portal within my fifth dimensional crystalline solar heart of hearts is expanding as well. 
my mother God's flame of comprehensive divine love is now flowing through my heart and connecting with the same flame blazing in the heart of every man, woman, and child on earth. This activity of light is greatly empowering the force field around the planet that is Mother Earth's fifth-dimensional crystalline solar grid of comprehensive divine love. My Father, Mother, God have revealed that the collective radiance of the network of light formed by my Mother God's comprehensive divine love is unifying and connecting the heart flames of all humanity. My godparents have also revealed that this network of humanity's unified hearts is the most powerful force of love on the planet. This has created a bridge of light that spans the abyss from the lowest octaves of human suffering and consciousness into the highest realms of illumined truth and limitless physical perfection associated with the solar new earth. This is the bridge to freedom over which all of the sons and daughters of God who have been entrapped and enslaved by forces outside of ourselves for myriad lifetimes are at long last able to safely ascend up the spiral of evolution now that we have been cut free. With my heart flame united with the heart flame of every person on earth and blazing my light through Mother Earth's crystal solar grid of comprehensive divine love, I realize that I am now being presented with unprecedented opportunities to be an instrument of God. In deep humility, I accept these opportunities. My heart is now unified with all of the sons and daughters of God evolving on earth. Once again, I experience the bliss of knowing that we are one and that love is all there is. Knowing this profound truth evokes from within the deepest recesses of my being a reverent feeling of infinite gratitude. And so it is, beloved, I am that I am.
Dear one, allow this sacred knowledge to resonate within your heart flame and know that you are holding this sacred space for this awakening, not only for yourself, but for all of your sisters and brothers in the family of humanity as well. God bless you. I look forward to being with you next week. Greetings, dear ones, I'm Cryon of Magnetic Service. Spirituality meets science, you say, or science meets spirituality, you say. And in these closing moments, and they won't be long, I want to give you the rest of the story. An explanation for some of you that you've been waiting for for 29 years. And some of it's science from a channeler. It starts to shake hands in a way it didn't expect. It creates a coherence of consciousness and belief, understanding of something so many had no idea of, no idea. I present in just a moment even a question to the science. The ones who are here, the ones on the stage, and I take it to another level. I'm asking my partner to go slow because I want this to be correct. 29 years ago, when my partner started to channel cryon me, this consciousness in the field, which represents perhaps the voice on the other side of the veil, that perhaps is connected to a higher source, perhaps even that, which is the creative source. 29 years ago, and when I came in, I announced to my partner that which he didn't understand and those around didn't understand. Comical to some, to many, 
even to my partner for a while. I was the magnetic master. He laughed. He didn't understand. He accepted it. He didn't understand. And now I'll tell you what it means. Dear ones, the scientist Greg, who just left this stage, pointed out something absolutely remarkable. Proof, absolute proof, that human consciousness changes physics. That is a metaphysical reality now. It used to be postulated by those who would call themselves the pseudoscience of the new age. And now the satellites operated by the government have shown it to be true. And what was the driving force behind that change in the microtesla measurement of the strength of the magnetic field and it was compassion at 9-11? So there is an absolute correlation, is there not, between that which is the physics of Earth, magnetics, and consciousness and compassion. They're linked. They're linked. For the first time you saw it, they're linked. Now follow this logic for a moment. Does it make sense to you, perhaps, that the magnetic grid, therefore, Gaia, therefore, might be a partner with humanity? Does it make sense that perhaps the field itself is something that can be touched through the heart? You got it measured with satellites, dear ones. For those of you who doubt the channeling or anything about it, I'm about to give you some facts and I will explain the magnetic master. When I came in, the first message I gave my partner, the one that was recorded over and over, the one that made the book in 1993, the reason I was here was to adjust the magnetic field. I told you that the magnetics of this earth, as measured by a compass, not the strength, the alignment, would change more in 10 years than it had in 100. And those who paid attention know it did, it changed. And during those years, you might remember something. Those mammals who would beach themselves constantly, or they never did before. The whales that would go into the, to the surf, or they never did before. And then you find out later that they navigate with their own compasses inside themselves. The magnetite in their very brains is a GPS that they used. And when the grid started to shift, and the compasses started to also show it was shifting, even the whales didn't know. 
How many of you realize and remember that runway numbers in airports are compass headings? Now go do your research. How many of them had to be repainted in the last 29 years? And the answer is most. Most. Because the realignment of the magnetic grid, be careful my partner, the realignment of north, not the strength, the realignment of north and where it positioned changed the angle of the toroid. If you're into science, if you paid attention in the last hour, I just gave you a secret. You were heading into, that was the precession of the equinoxes, and in the field we saw you making it. There was no question, oh, it was in the late 80s and I arrived, you were making it. The Soviet Union fell off, fell over, disarming so much that was there before. You were going to pass the marker, just like the ancients said. There was so much excitement in the field. I'm telling you something, listen. And the magnetic grid had to be realigned because you were going to stay. And the realignment caused a correlation between that choroidal shape, that toroidal shape, and you. And the field started to be a lot more commensurate with what you were going to do with compassion. This is why I came. There will be some who understand what I'm saying and some who don't. I don't know whether those who measure things like the scientist Greg said ever thought about the alignment of the toroid and where it was in 89 and where it was in the year 2001. And whether that toroidal alignment would make any difference at all in that which is the marriage in the field between consciousness and physics. It goes both ways, you know. The alignment of the field allows for greater compassion. Now you know why I'm the magnetic master. What does that tell you about what possibility it is that I exist as I exist? Or that my message is my message and what is it if it is true and if all of this channeling business is real? What does it tell you that the message is? It tells you that whatever you want to say about spirit or God or source, whatever you want to say about it, it is paying attention because it is inside every single human being and it wants to coordinate everything on this planet so that you'll find it and know it's there so you'll find it and know it's there. That realignment is so you can see it and work it and get to this, this place in the hero's journey called peace on earth quicker than you could before, ever before. This alignment is new. No other civilization had this alignment. Now you know who I am. I continue the rest of the story.
The scientists can only bring you to a certain place. The best of the best, smart as they are, they can only bring you to a certain place. They can explain. The charts and the graphs can show the field is real. It exists. It may even be stronger today than ever before. Now that's supposition, but I will tell you it is because of the realignment of the toroid. But they can only bring you to one place and they can tell you about it. They'll talk to you about the coherence. They'll talk about the strength of the coherence. They'll talk about what the field might be. The timelessness of it. How can you have something all around you that is timeless when you are in a linear time frame? How is that possible? And I'll ask you this. Do you believe that God is all around you? Do you believe that there is a multidimensional force, if you want to call it that, that lives with you, inside you, that you call God or spirit and knows your name? And the answer is yes. You do. You wouldn't be in the audience otherwise. And so the explanation of the field starts to sound like the explanation of spirit, doesn't it? Just a little. They only can take you to one place. They talk about the void. What is the void? They want to put you in the void with meditation so that you can at least understand that there is a place you can go to which is love in it. But they can only take you so far. I want to take you the rest of the way. I can do it if you believe it. If you're tapping your toe and hardly wait to go to dinner, this isn't going to work for you. Give me three, four minutes, just a few minutes to try to explain to you what actually is in the void. There are many in here who believe in that which you would call a reincarnated experience. Dear ones, you never die. Your soul is eternal and it comes, it comes because the body wears out. Simple. Simple. And so that which is you, your name goes here, occupies many bodies over centuries of time. This is not a new age belief. If you take a look at the most intuitive belief systems that originated on this planet, go back as far as you can and find the texts of the belief of those Hindus and those Buddhists thousands of years before your prophets. What was the staple of their belief? And the answer is the soul returns intuitive common sense spiritually made sense until it got changed watered down until you threw Gaia away and you have what you have today dear ones there's a reawakening of this potential and those who sit and listen right now most of you understand you've been here before 
Turn the page. Were you always one gender? And the answer is no. There is a system of gender shift. It makes sense so that all of you will participate with your Akash in the compassion of the other. So that in this lifetime or others, when you meet and fall in love, you will be able then at some level to relate to the other. And you do. Studies about the masculinity in women or the femininity in men. Fascinating. That's not where I'm going. What it means is that every single human in this room and listening to this, every one of you has given birth. Everyone. And now I want to talk to you about that moment. That moment. A moment that surpasses any moment that a human being can ever have with love and compassion. When the mother first looks at the infant that has just emerged from her, the soul which awakens and takes those breaths and looks into the eye of the infant, if you could measure it, everything lights up. If you could, if you could measure it, the field can be felt by those in the room. They'll never get used to it. Ask those who deliver children. They never get used to it. Because that is so infectious love and compassion of that, of that size. You look into the eyes of the infant for the first time. What do you say? Mom, what could you say? What could you say? Welcome to earth. <laughs> I'm going to be with you all your life. You're going to say that. It says, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to do everything I can to keep you here. There is no measure to this. If you had a love meter, it'd be broken. There's no measure. Now, if you can participate in this just for a moment and go there just for a moment, whether you're male or female, you'll all experience this emerging from you, life, put on your chest, open its eyes, and there he or she is. Oh. Now, I want you to double that feeling. I want you to triple that. I want you to square it. I want you to put it on the Richter scale. I want you to logarithmic it. And then you'll know a piece of the love that is in that boy. Coming from that which some don't even believe exists. And that is a central creative force that has put you here, not by accident, who knows your name, loves you unconditionally, and knows of your magnificence, and looks into your eyes waiting for you to open them. Waiting to say, I know you, I'm gonna take care of you. I don't want you to be sick. Until your last breath, I'll hold your hand and love you so much. And you'll be safe for life. The scientists can't go there. They're, they just aren't allowed to. They're not allowed to go there with the charts and the graphs and, 
and all that they have and I can, you see, I'm a channeler. Lee is a channeler. I'm cryo. And here's what I want to tell you. Not only does this love exist. If, it, listen, use the logic. If you can love a child the way you do and it goes off the scale, what do you think is the scale of the love of God for you? And something is happening in this new energy. And here's what I want to get to. This love, this amazing discovery that there is a hand out and waiting for you to take it with free choice. This discovery that you have to make is stronger in this energy because of this realignment of this grid, because of this angle of the toroid in this science, in this coherence than it's ever been before. And it calls to you like it never has before. And that's why there are so many people in this room and listening to this. These meetings didn't have this kind of attention before, did they? 30 years ago, did they? What has happened recently to bring you to this chair to even listen to this possibility? You came for science, you're getting love. And then you find out that love may be a complement of science. Did you ever see a tree that had the sunlight just perhaps coming in a certain way and, and only for a little while and you see the tree then over a period of years start to bend to the light? That's what I want you to know. Due to this realignment, due to these studies, due to this now correlation between consciousness and magnetics and physics, due to all of this, you're starting to bend to the light. You're starting to see it. You're starting to want it. You want to know more about it. You can't define non-linearity by its own common sense definition. It's tough for a linear mind to define something that is not linear. And so the plea is this, don't figure it out. Let it be. Go ahead and figure out the charts and graphs, dear ones. That's why you came. But draw the line when it comes to that, which is the incredible love of God for you in this moment. Your name is known. You're not here by accident. Don't figure it out. Don't say how much, when, where, what do I do? Which way do I face for this to happen? How many steps do I climb? Did you say that to your infant? Looking in his eyes, her eyes, did you say, I'm going to take care of you, but you're going to have to do some things for me. <laughs> no. No. And neither did God when you were born magnificent in this planet. Neither did spirit, neither did this central creative source ever, ever look at you and said, I would love to love you completely, but you got to go over here. You got to know this person. You got to do this. You got to join this. It's not the way it works. I want every one of you as I close right now. To understand the reality of this message, you have seen the tip of the iceberg all these days with all of these charts, the graphs, 
the proof over and over that you can change you biologically, conscious, proof after proof after proof. And now the rest of the iceberg, you got help. Not just help. Does it make sense that if the peace of God in you is really the peace of God, if it's really there, it belongs in the field communicating with a parent who's opened its eyes and looked at you and says, I'm going to take care of you as long as you live. Now in the next life, in the next life, take my hand. Come on, take my hand. Try it. See what it's like. But that's the free choice. To cognize what I'm saying or not. The same number of angels will walk out with a doubter as the one who's healed in the chair right now. I know who's here and I know who's walking out different. It completes it. It's a circle. All saying the same thing. The science and the spirituality. <laughs> someday there'll be a word. It encompasses both because the creator made you and this planet just like you are knows who you are but the love and the compassion that is there when when you bend toward it when you bend toward it just a little bit it's so infectious it's like it's like when you bend toward it it, it lets you reach you reach out and take your hand and you'll never forget it you'll never forget it You'll never forget it, and you'll never be the same. That's why I came. Perhaps that's why you came too. And so it is. Mm. And so it is, everyone. Oh. We are all servants of peace. We are indeed. Greetings, Mother. Greetings. In the light of the most radiant one. In the office of the Christ. And only in the office of the Christ. We invoke the loving energies of Saint Germain. We ask at this time for the eyes to see, the ears to hear, the ability to touch the heart of all in the way that's required, in the moment, in the way of love. 
that anything is possible, that a higher awareness of all things come in the right timing for all. And may we always continue to pass every test as that man, St. Germain, said to us many, many moons ago. And may we enjoy this adventure. And um, our sister Rana Moo's been doing this for 175 million years, and she's happy to continue. Or on this kind of ecstasy, Mother. Greetings. Greetings, children of Ra. <laughs> we are in such a moment here. All the stories. Energy follows thought. each other on so many new ways and levels, Mother. Yes. What this dude had to say, Master Cryon. Magnetic frequencies. It's the magic of this story as we ask ourselves to go on the greatest adventure there is it's inside us 
how you get to where we are. All it takes is that mindfulness. A cat is sharing with you. <laughs> Right now, this moment is all there is. Just stay in this now moment, and everything shifts as we shift with it. It may not make sense. Um. Don't think so. Um, okay, well, um, hmm, I'm going to say that whoever this might be, if it's not appropriate, then we'll let it go, but, um, I'll just say, uh, TJ, if it's the same person from the other days, I think we want to let it go. Okay? We'll continue. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Mother. This magnetic shift we speak of inside each one of us is accelerating with each passing moment and it's shifting the cells. Oh, Mother, I think it's not the same person. Okay, well, let's call on our questioner per friend here, his name, uh, John from South Carolina. You're on the air with Mother. Well, yes, uh, thank you. I, I'm so sorry. Please accept my apology if I interrupted. Um, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. I, I did not mean to throw you off in any way. Okay, yes. And I did try to call in. Uh, uh, well, I tried to call in last week, but I had a technical issue on the phone. Um, so I was not able to get through. Um, I'm not sure if that's why you recognize the voice, but I, I'm, I'm very, very sorry for that. I'm a big, big fan of the program. Okay. What's your question for Mother? Not, yes, I just well, I, I hope you will accept my apology for that. Everything's fine. Continue, ask Mother your question, sir. Okay. Uh, yes, so Mother, I had... Um, a question about interstellar travel because I just watched the movie uh, last week, Interstellar, 
And I was curious if you'd seen that and if you think it is um, accurate to uh, what interstellar travel actually is. We have seen interstellar. What we could say about that is that particular being went through a experience for himself to evolve to a greater, let's say, extension of himself, herself, to bring the wisdom that was needed in that storyline. And we could say interstellar travel as it's portrayed from the perspective of this planet. Hmm. It is a bit stretched with the, shall we say, high drama. Mm -hmm. And what we create with our thoughts manifests. Space is of itself an adventure. The best adventure we could describe for all of us to experience is to go within the heart. That's how we get to space. Gotta create the Merkaba vehicle. You do that with your thoughts. Yes, it can travel interstellarly. And let's say, our stars. Mothership, the New Jerusalem, is an extension of his Merkaba vehicle combined with all the other folks on that ship. Takes a lot. Mm. I've been uh, watching that movie and uh, other things about space because I've been very unwell. And um, I've just been thinking about what it means to go, uh, you know, away from this world. That's why I've been listening to your show as well because it it gives me hope. I've just been, oh, God, I've just been so ill. And uh, uh, it's just been very hard. (laughs) Listening to you and Taurus give me a lot, give me a lot of hope. I'll tell you. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 
Uh, please let me apologize. I'm just getting a little emotional because I can't even believe I'm speaking to you. Oh, God. I'm sorry. It is all okay. We all are going through our transfigurations right now. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you too, Tara, and uh, everything uh, both of you do uh, for a lot of people who uh, listen to the show, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It is an intense time to be here because the wisdom that is portrayed across the media does not give much hope, which is a part of the old matrix to, let's say, the dark side wants to play with that old story of mm, oblivion, yet (laughs) samsara, infinite suffering is over. It's how we change our thoughts and it changes the physical reality, space, time. Like it's Aurora Ray each day is telling us how to go into the fifth dimension. Change your point of view and let go of all the old stuff, no matter what it is. Gotta throw it out and start over. Just focus on the breath as you work with the breath. It will tell you everything. It's just hard when you're in a lot of physical pain, and uh, you know, uh, recently, uh, it's just even even the quality of the food uh, I've been finding in general has been uh, quite poor. Uh, the night I had chicken, uh, uh, gave me some very very uh, terrible diarrhea, and I've just had it. Uh, all uh, all night and day, uh, just 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 coming out of me like water, and I've been been very ill. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't e- you can't even I- get good food anymore. It's all you know. The ground has gone sour, and uh, give me terrible diarrhea. Terrible diarrhea. Okay, um, there is um um organic food that has been grown with love and care and oftentimes um, going to a health food store and choosing uh, those kinds of items can make a big difference. And also in a health food store, they have all kinds of things to help you with your conditions and they know a lot about your well-being and you might just uh, meet a new friend as you go there and you find out more about your body and how to care for your body and 
new ways and that might be the reason for everything that you're going through at the moment. Just a thought. I had, uh, well, they call it, uh, uh, I guess it's, uh, I had tofu and I had something else that was made from mushrooms or something, but I just, um, oh, uh, it, it came out of me the other way. Something fierce. I just could totally, uh, 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 soiled myself uh, the next day. Okay. Well, let me just suggest that tofu is not exactly a good idea. Uh, just, uh, um, Take take it just from experience because I've had a long history of learning about that food. That's not exactly a good food. If you're going to eat something that's got tofu in it, then get the fermented kind because that will help with your, uh, or tempeh. Tempeh, it's called T-E-M-P-E. And it has friendly bacteria in it and it will help your gut uh, to digest food in a better way. And look for your farmer's market local that they grow organic local food and you might meet people that will teach you a whole lot more about how to eat. Stay away from the regular grocery store altogether. Leave it alone. Yeah. has nothing to do with health. And this could take it, take everything in a positive light that it's teaching something and ask for that answer. Seek it out and... uh, you can find a new direction and uh, look for a more spiritual uh, connection with people and places to learn uh, because we're in this kind of energy. Mother, do you want to say something about that? The energy that we're in uh, right now, it's not a conducive time to eat heavy foods. Yes, eating meat is not exactly what's on the menu anymore. No. No. Um, They they have a a thing going on in New York right now where uh, it's all vegan. And and they have learned how to make things that are familiar to you. You like the taste of a certain kind of meat, but they're all made out of vegetables. And... I just watched that this afternoon. Um, Joy, Reed. Joy Reed. She was uh, uh, going on. Uh, 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 she went to that expo and <coughs> was tasting all kinds of food that were made from all vegetables that tasted like things you were familiar with meat. But the whole idea now, it's 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 uh, sweeping the world. Yeah. Is go vegetarian, go vegan, actually. Leave the cheese alone, leave the meat alone, all that stuff. Leave the dairy alone. Coconut milk. Yes. It's, it's a time to change that whole idea. And talk to your body and uh, take a step in a new direction. I think that's what we can say, Commander. All do you ever, ever eat chicken? Pardon? Do you eat chicken? No. no, we never eat meat. We haven't. I haven't eaten meat in general for about fifty years. Not a drop. No, and it's not food for the human being at all. the The, the human body is is not uh, meant to eat meat. It has no enzymes to break it down or anything. That's all 
the old timeline, old timeline, misguided information altogether. Eating meat causes death. That's Eating the simple reality of it. Yes, um, but start going and checking out where there are there are health food stores in every city in this nation now. Yes. Start inquiring and look around and see what you can find and. We'll go on for now, brother. Thank you for the, thank you for the call. Namaste. Okay, mother, continue. What we can say uh, at this moment about the current state of energies. It is a very precarious time, as Ron Moo has told this one today. It's a challenge to be here. Like, gotta take each step and bless each moment we are here. We are the way showers. The path to peace is love, not violence or war. It's that simple. We know it is a challenge to be here, to experience what's happening. That is the test that we asked for as ironic or lunatic as it sounds we asked to show up here to be the way showers and let's say as we expand our consciousness the body follows. Got to go into the cells and talk to them. Like we were saying, magic happens. Oh, Padme, line one, you're there. Come on. Greetings. Uh, the lion and me can't help but jump in and call in because, you know, sometimes we got to not waste everybody's time and heart and resources on things when they're inauthentic, to say the least, and insulting. So I just wanted to say thank you for your lovely service, all three of you, uh, Mother and Tara and Rama, and being so classy and patient with things and people that really seem to not want to raise their consciousness, so thank you. Um, I just wanted to express my gratitude. Um, uh, And then I also thank you. Deep gratitude. I I don't have that kind of bandwidth anymore, so uh, more power to you. Yes. (laughs) It is a most auspicious time to be in this realm 
has so many gifts are coming in from so many different realms to help us transform these temples of living love, living light. It's quite amazing to behold at the same time How we change this each moment is watch the thoughts. It's the most difficult at the same time. It's what we asked to do. This is what His Holiness is teaching us with His cat. <laughs> Simple mindfulness. Yeah. Chop wood, carry water. As ridiculous as it sounds, it works. Yeah. Been going on for millions of years. And we're not saying we're waiting millions of years for 5D. It's already here. Take a quantum leap into your heart. You'll see it. We guarantee it. <laughs> great in the light of the most great one. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Adonai, Sabayot. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Adonai, Sabayot. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Adonai, Sabayah. Eliyahu, Eliyahu, Eliyahu. Yod, hey, Vod, hey. Yava, Adonai, Vasu, Baragas. Namaste, Mother. Momentito, everybody. This takes a little bit. Humble moment. Rama, you're back. Yes. Where did you go? <sighs> mm. Um, Lady Master Athena's ship. Uh huh. Somehow. With these lilies in the arboretum, and the lilies were talking to me, and they were speaking with this these voices that reminded me of little children, <laughs> and 
they were talking about the beauty and the radiance of what's happening inside each one of us right now in spite of all the stuff going on and I do mean stuff as you're about to hear from Miss Amy <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's you know the lilies are just they, they were pink lilies I don't know if they have pink lilies on earth but that's what I was talking to wonderful <laughs> there are horticulturists that know how to create cross yeah. blends of things and you get some unique colors slicing and dicing of the genes <laughs> and here we are and uh, <laughs> yes Yankee and then Will did a job and got to send more love and there's oh only God. one that was here right Rama yeah okay I passed the talking stick. All right, Rama, would you get it on? Get Amy on oh. there. Yeah, oh. it works better. Everybody can hear better. Okay. Oh, oh yes. This is a time to really. If you haven't done it, take a chance and start working with, you know, reflecting on your, on things and meditating and keeping a journal. With Mercury retrograde, it's, you know, we got to review it. Yes, review for the sake of uh, a new, di- new directive. Here we go. All right, This is Democracy Now! We have now finished the meeting and the league has not offered a minimum that compensates the recognition that our players deserve. Therefore, there is no agreement and the strike is still on. After winning the World Cup, women's soccer players in Spain have gone on strike over pay as calls grow for the head of Spain's soccer federation to resign after he forcibly kissed Spanish soccer star Jenny Hermoso during the recent World Cup trophy ceremony. We'll look at what's become the Me Too moment for Spanish sports. Then to Mexico, where the Supreme Court has decriminalized abortion at the federal level. Mexico is an incredibly misogynistic country that still has deeply rooted traditional ideals. Abortion being legal and having a legal context that supports our decisions represents a big change. And we look at the dire conditions inside the Fulton County Jail in Atlanta, where Donald Trump and his 18 co-defendants were recently booked. Ten prisoners have now died in the jail's custody just this year, the latest on Sunday. What we see happening in Fulton County is just by entering the jail, some of our inmates are literally being convicted of a death and given a death sentence because of entering into this space. All that and more coming up. 
Welcome to Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. President Joe Biden and leaders of other G20 nations are gathering in India's capital, New Delhi, for a weekend summit that will focus on international debt, food security, and the climate crisis. Biden is meeting today with Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi ahead of the summit. Chinese President Xi Jinping is not attending and has instead sent China's premier to the gathering. Ahead of the summit, the British charity Oxfam accused G20 countries of failing by a wide margin to slash greenhouse gas emissions below levels needed to prevent a climate catastrophe. Those fears were echoed by UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres earlier this week at the Africa Climate Summit. To the large emitters, the G20 countries responsible for 80% of the emissions that will be meeting this week in Delhi. Assume your responsibilities. Developed countries must commit to reaching net zero emissions as close as possible to 2040. In China, remnants of Typhoon Haikui struck Hong Kong Thursday, bringing widespread flooding and triggering landslides. More than six inches of rain fell on Hong Kong in less than an hour, the fastest rate of precipitation since records began in 1884. In Brazil, the death toll from a cyclone that brought flash flooding to southern states earlier this week is approaching 40. In the Mediterranean, at least 18 are dead from unprecedented storms that dropped over a year's worth of rain in less than 24 hours over some areas. On Thursday, helicopter crews were dispatched in parts of Greece to rescue residents who were trapped on their rooftops. In the Atlantic, Hurricane Lee has rapidly intensified to become this year's first Category 5 hurricane, with sustained winds of up to 165 miles per hour. Forecasters say Lee will remain north of the Caribbean islands, but could potentially strike the U.S., the Canadian East Coast, or Bermuda late next week. In Hawaii, residents of Maui are marking the one-month anniversary of the devastating wildfire that decimated the historic town of Lahaina. The official death toll is still at 115, with 380 people still missing, as some families are reckoning with the reality that their remains may never be found or identified. In more climate news, a record-breaking post-Labor Day heat wave is continuing to bring extreme weather alerts to tens of millions of people in the U.S. mainland. The record temperatures prompted many school districts to cancel outdoor activities like recess or to switch to online classes for the start of the school year. In Washington, D.C., the high temperature at Dulles International Airport reached triple digits for the first time ever in the month of September. I think it's not normal. I have lived here for a long time and this is incredible. Like we are in September waiting for fall to come and suddenly it's 100 degrees outside. So it's, I think it has to be with the global warming. On Thursday, Secret Service officers arrested three climate activists after they tied a banner to the White House fence demanding President Biden declare a climate emergency. The action came ahead of a march to end fossil fuels planned for New York City on September 17th. Here in New York, this week's heat wave was felt by fans and players at the U.S. Open, where temperatures reached the mid-90s accompanied by intense humidity. Russian player Daniel Medvedev issued a warning during his Wednesday quarterfinals match. You cannot imagine one player is going to die and then they will see, Medvedev said. 
On Thursday, climate activists with Extinction Rebellion delayed a semifinal tennis match by 50 minutes between Coco Gauff and Karolina Muchova as they stood up in the crowd and called for an end to fossil fuels. One protester glued their bare feet to the ground. 19-year-old Coco Gauff eventually won the match, sending her to the finals. She's the first American teenager to get this far since Serena Williams in 1999. The African-American player was questioned about the protest following her win. I mean, I think that, you know, throughout history, moments like this are definitely defining moments. Um, And I definitely... I believe, you know, that I believe climate in in climate change. Hey, if that's what they felt that they needed to do to get their voices heard, I can't really get upset at it. Coco Goff speaking after her win at the U.S. Open. In other news from the U.S. Open, an audience member was thrown out of the stadium Monday after he chanted Deutschland über alles, a phrase associated with Hitler and Nazism during a match with German player Alexander Zverev. He informed the chair umpire, which led to security, ejecting the fan as the crowd applauded. Zverev later said, as a German, I'm not proud of that part of history, and it's not okay to do that, he said. Hundreds of people in eastern Ukraine's Donetsk region attended funerals for the 16 people killed by a Russian missile strike on a crowded marketplace Wednesday. The funerals came as a Russian attack on the city of Krivyri, killed at least one person and wounded several others. In Brussels, NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg said Thursday, Ukrainian forces have been making gradual progress in their counteroffensive against entrenched Russian forces on the southern and eastern fronts. And they are making progress, not perhaps as much as we hoped for, but they are gaining ground gradually, some hundred meters per day. In August, the New York Times reported the number of Ukrainian and Russian troops killed or wounded in action since Russia's invasion is approaching a half a million. In more news about Ukraine, Elon Musk, the billionaire CEO of Internet satellite provider SpaceX, secretly ordered his company to deactivate its Starlink satellites as they passed above Russian-occupied Crimea last year in order to disrupt a Ukrainian sneak attack on the Russian naval fleet. That's according to an excerpt of a soon-to-be-published biography of Elon Musk written by Walter Isaacson, who reports Musk's decision prevented Ukrainian submarine drones from reaching their intended target, Russia's Black Sea fleet. Elon Musk reportedly feared Russia would respond to an attack on Crimea with nuclear weapons. According to Isaacson, Musk said at the time, quote, Starlink was not meant to be involved in wars. It was so people can watch Netflix and chill and get online for school and do good, peaceful things, not drone strikes, he said. North Korea announced its first tactical nuclear-armed submarine as it continues to ramp up its nuclear capabilities. This comes after reports that Kim Jong-un is planning a trip to Russia this month to discuss North Korean military aid for Putin's war in Ukraine, and where Kim could seek technical help for his nuclear and missile programs. In the United States, a federal jury has found former President Trump's trade advisor, Peter Navarro, guilty of contempt of Congress for refusing to comply with a subpoena from the House committee investigating the January 6th insurrection. Navarro, who faces up to two years in prison and a $200,000 fine, has promised to appeal all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. In Georgia, 
Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis has asked a court to help protect members of the special grand jury that indicted Donald Trump and 18 co-conspirators for attempting to overturn the results of the 2020 election after a far-right website published their home addresses, phone numbers, and vehicle information. Willis, who is African-American, also had her information doxed online alongside racist and derogatory comments. On Thursday, D.A. Willis sent a letter to U.S. Congressmember Jim Jordan of Ohio, the Republican chair of the House Judiciary Committee, after he announced plans for a congressional probe into her prosecution of Trump and his allies. D.A. Willis wrote, quote, your attempt to invoke congressional authority to intrude upon and interfere with an active criminal case in Georgia is flagrantly at odds with the Constitution, unquote. In other news from Georgia. The family of 24-year-old Chandra Delmore is demanding justice for his death after being imprisoned at the Fulton County Jail. Authorities say he died at a hospital in custody Sunday, three days after being found unresponsive in his cell. He's the 10th person to die in custody of the notorious Fulton Jail this year. His mother spoke at a news conference Thursday. I wasn't expecting to see my son in the condition that he was in when I came out here. I thought I would be able to take my son with me back home, but um, that didn't happen. And I want answers. I want to know what happened to my son. We'll have more on this segment later in the broadcast. In more news from Georgia, five protesters, at least, were arrested Thursday after they chained themselves to construction equipment at the site of Cop City, a massive $90 million uh, police training complex in Atlanta. The action came in response to the indictment earlier this week of 61 activists on racketeering charges over their involvement in the movement to stop Cop City. Five of them were also indicted on domestic terrorism and arson charges. This is Aola Omalara Kaplan, an Atlanta artist and one of the Cop City protesters taken in custody Thursday. We have to stand up and take our own um, future into our own hands through direct actions like this. We need as many people as possible to join in this fight of nonviolent direct actions. The more of us that are willing to take the risk and come out here and put their bodies on the line to save the forest. And in Los Angeles, actor Danny Masterson has been sentenced to 30 years to life in prison for raping two women he met through the Church of Scientology. He was convicted earlier this year, though the jury was hung on a third rape charge. The two women, who have not been publicly identified, spoke at Thursday's hearing before the sentence was handed down. One of them addressed Masterson, saying, quote, when you rape me, you stole from me. That's what rape is, a theft of the spirit, she said. Actor Leah Romini, who's been an outspoken critic of the Church of Scientology since breaking ties with it and was at Masterson's trial supporting the survivors, said in a statement, quote, I am relieved that this dangerous rapist will be off the streets and I'm able to violently assault and rape women with the help of Scientology, a multi-billion dollar criminal organization with tax-exempt status, she said. Masterson is best known for his role in the sitcom That 70s Show. And those are some of the headlines. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. Spanish state prosecutors have just filed a complaint 
against the head of Spain's soccer federation, Luis Rubiales, for sexual assault and coercion after he forcibly kissed Spanish soccer star Jenny Hermoso during the awards ceremony last month after the Spanish soccer team won the Women's World Cup. Earlier this week, Jenny Hermoso filed a sexual assault criminal complaint against Rubiales, who has been temporarily suspended by FIFA. So far, Rubiales has rejected calls to resign. Protesters across Spain have taken to the streets to support Hermoso. This is a crime. This is clearly sexual harassment under Spanish law, and not only Spanish law, but also under European law. The Istanbul Convention, signed by Europe in 2011 and ratified by Spain in 2014, considers this as sexual abuse, and it is a crime. On Tuesday, the Spanish Soccer Federation appointed Monse Tomé to become the first woman to serve as coach of the women's national soccer team. The announcement was made shortly after the federation fired coach Jorge Vilda, who had long faced criticism for his coaching style. Calls for Vilda's resignation grew after he expressed support for Rubiales. Spanish soccer player Veronica Boquete said has become a Me Too moment for the Spanish sports. I think it's really similar to the Me Too moment. Uh, I really think that the, it's going to help to the change because the change is already there. It was already before the, this World Cup and this uh, incident. Um, we are in a moment of uh, changing and uh, I think that this can push us as a so society a little further and a little uh, faster. Amid this growing scandal, women's soccer players in Spain have gone on strike in a dispute over pay as calls grow for the head of Spain's soccer federation to resign. Um, again, this in the midst of the uh, sexual assault scandal. The strike began after talks broke down between the Spanish Women's Soccer League and the Players Union over pay and working conditions. According to the union, the minimum pay for women's soccer players in Spain is about $17,000 a year compared to about $192,000 a year for male players. This is Daphne Fernandez of the Players Union. We have now finished the meeting and the league has not offered a minimum that compensates the recognition that our players deserve. Therefore, there is no agreement and the strike is still on. We're also now joined by Brenda Elsie, a co-host of the feminist sportscast Burn It All Down and co-author of Footballera, Women's Sports and Sexuality in Latin America and editor of the book Football and the Boundaries of History. She's also a professor at Hofstra University. Welcome back to Democracy Now!, Brenda. It's great to have you with us. Let's start with the absolute top news that was breaking as we went to air, um, that Spanish state prosecutors have accused Luis Robiales of sexual assault and coercion for kissing a player on the lips without her consent at the World Cup uh, victory ceremony. Uh, so he's now apparently going to be criminally charged after uh, Jenny Hermoso filed a criminal complaint against him. But the world saw what he did. Can you talk about the significance of this moment in Spain and around the world? I can't think of a moment more significant really in my lifetime. This has been incredible and I'm really, 
truly sorry that this has happened to such a wonderful player. Yeni Hermoso is a, is a pillar of the women's football community and game. However, I am also very heartened by how much attention this story just won't go away. And that's because it's part of this real, as, as Veronica Boquete said in the earlier part of your segment, it's part of a huge problem that people have known that they've been working on and it's crystallized in this moment. And as much as the Spanish Federation wants to say, we did not see what we saw, we saw what we saw. Now, talk about the significance of, well, everything right now. You have the first uh, woman to coach the women's soccer team. She had actually quit the team. She had been on the coaching staff, Um, but she quit among a group of other people on the women's soccer staff over Coach Vilda and demanding a complete change in coaching. And now she has been brought back to lead the team. It's it's incredibly significant. And I think it shows two really important and exciting changes and progress. And one is the organization of women athletes as, as workers. The labor union has been huge and key in continuing to press this issue. Um, with the Federation. And so that has been incredibly important. And the other the other aspect to this, of course, is that, look, I mean, the Spanish Federation wants to make sure that no structural changes really happen. And so this coaching is important. It's an important change. Everyone knew it had to happen. But they really need to, to have an institutional shakeup, not only in the Spanish Federation, but in FIFA. And we know this. So I think it's important to remember that you know, it's not insignificant that you change a coach. It is very important. But at the same time, there needs to be independent governing bodies within global football that can respond to these these like widespread harassment, not only of women, but also of youth players. Spain's acting minister of culture and sport, uh, Miguel Iceta, has voiced his support for Yanni Hermoso's criminal complaint against Rubiales. Last week, uh, Iseta also called backed calls for gender equity and more women leadership in Spain's soccer federation, saying the shift in culture would be enforced under a new sporting law in Spain. Se acabó cualquier discriminación a las mujeres, cualquier obstáculo en el deporte. It's over. No more discrimination for women. No more obstacles for women in sport. It's over. It's over, and unfortunately, that happened because of an incident that should not have taken place. We are witnessing a real social and sporting backlash, which will make this a better country. And this is Spain's prime minister, Pedro Sánchez. He's acting now. It is true that there has been some behavior, in this case, that of Mr. Rubiales, which shows that in our country, there's still a long way to go in terms of equality and respect and the equalization of rights between women and men. So this is very interesting. Even the prime minister cannot have him fired. And this has been the issue. I mean, they fired the coach who supported Rubiales, though he had so many other issues. Um, But they couldn't get rid of Rubiales. And another fascinating aspect of this is that in Spain, across the political spectrum, um, something like three quarters of the population is demanding um, his ouster. Uh, And let me just say in this latest news of him being criminally charged, he faces something like um, 
one to four years uh, in jail and a fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's layers of bureaucracy here in terms of where this football governance lies. And I would say it's labyrinthine on purpose. The idea that, you know, is the more confusing it is, the, the less accountable people can be. And so it is going to take efforts by people outside of football to hold him accountable. And that has happened also in places like Argentina, where they also went to the Ministry of Gender and the criminal courts in Colombia, where the women minors on the US, or I'm sorry, on the Colombian women's national team went to criminal court over a sexual assault. Um, within the Federation. So this has happened again and again. They have to go outside of the structures. Rubiales cannot represent the Spanish Federation at this point. He is suspended by FIFA, but um, it will need to take the course of the investigation according to FIFA. Uh, You can shrug your shoulders, but if, if anyone paid attention since 2015, it is, it, they, FIFA has found a way to avoid responsibility in many cases, both of, of corruption, embezzlement, and also in terms of gender discrimination. So those things are tied together, I think. I mean, if you can talk about the Federation first going after Yeni Hermoso, um, mm-hmm. even threatening to sue her, accusing her of lying and defamation. Now the Federation attempting to distance itself um, as uh, you know he is about to be criminally charged. I, it is it is just shocking. Um, it is uh, they are morally bankrupt. They have been for a long time. If they had w- listened to women, you know, for the last eight years to the players, this wouldn't have had to happen. But they absolutely refused to make any changes, and and this is what what has happened. The fact that they have patterns of abusive and bullying and um, you know, absolutely. They're just there's such patterns of abuse that you can see. Whether it's she said, he said, whether it's you didn't see what you thought you saw, all of this defaming her character. This this is classic behavior of predators beyond sport. And so we can see this all play out, and it happens every day to people, and we don't see it. But football gives us this window onto how abusers behave. And if you can talk further about the level of abuse um, against women soccer players, and uh, even just talking about what we're seeing now, instead of them being in a stadium of tens of thousands being celebrated, the women soccer players have chosen not to play, to go on strike, because they their minimum pay is $17,000 a year compared to male soccer players in Spain, minimum pay is something like $192,000 a year. The women are the soccer stars. They just won the World Cup. And I, I hate to tell you, but that's probably one of the highest paid salaries of a women's football player in the world. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you look at the minimum salary of the NWSL in the United States, you will also find it quite shocking. So it is it it is a pervasive problem. FIFPro, the International Players Union, came out with a report right before the World Cup to document all the the salary disparities that have gone it gone on in global football, and it is quite shocking. I mean, a soccer star like Marta never was able to play in her home country of Brazil because they've been un, unwilling to establish a, a profitable, steady 
women's league. Even though there's the audience there, of course, and the talent and the facilities and, and everything. So it is just abject sexism. It's it, with, with kind of the argument of the Federation about markets and things like that. But we know that they've actually engineered it to make sure that that market doesn't thrive by doing things like not selling women's jerseys. Um, by not really creating sound contracts where women's soccer can be seen. That pay disparity is um, not surprising to me. But again, it, it, it's part of this really wide spectrum of neglect. It ranges from neglect to abuse of women's soccer. I bet there was not one single federation at the Women's World Cup this year that would say that they were truly happy with their federation and felt supported. Um, before we conclude, you mentioned in a previous answer that there are problems particularly with young players being abused. Explain, Brenda Elsie. Well, there's not many protections for minors. And we saw with Yeni Hermoso, an, in, an incredibly established player, that there was no possibility for consent on that platform. The highest ranking official in, in her sport, in her country, was able to harm her that way. And we have youth divisions in every single federation, and they have complained about harassment, abuse, labor abuse, whether it's boys being housed in Brazil that have unsafe conditions that lead to fires and sometimes even deaths like we saw in Flamengo, or whether it's you know underage girls, minors that have had sexual abuse like in the case of Colombia. So I, I see it as a really wide problem. I think these Spanish women are tremendously courageous and I think that will benefit all of this system ultimately, so long as we're keeping these these men's uh, feet to the fire. You mentioned Colombia, Brenda. Um, yeah. Earlier this year, you wrote about the crisis that's embroiled the Colombian women's national soccer team and the federation with multiple reports of sexual harassment and violence against women and girl players. Can you talk about this before we wrap? Yeah, unfortunately, despite uh, how wonderful the Colombian women's national team played, they have not been able to, uh, you know, better their conditions. And Ramon Hesarun, who is the head of the Colombian Federation and also a vice president of FIFA, uh, so part of the person that would be deciding on Rubiales uh, himself has been under investigation both for financial improprieties, but also there has been um, convictions of coaches of the under 17 team, and yet. These, this person has stayed in power. He's not only is he empowered, but he's there to help people like Rubiales. So the Colombian Federation has very similar issues. What is exciting about the Spanish case is we're seeing all kinds of solidarity movements throughout the world, really, um, for Yeni Hermoso. So I hope it can translate into structural change now. Well, I want to thank you for being with us. And of course, we'll continue to follow all of this. Brenda Elsie, co-host of the feminist sports podcast, Burn It All Down, and co-author of Footballera, uh, Women's Sports and Sexuality in Latin America, and editor of the book, Football and the Boundaries of History, also professor at Hofstra University, where she's co-director of the Latin American Caribbean Studies Program. And if you haven't left us, I just have to ask you one last question about Coco <laughs> Goff. If you are following uh, what happened at the US Open, um, you had the protesters delaying her game by 50 minutes, demanding an end to fossil fuel. 
Coco Goff wins. She becomes the youngest to go into the finals. Um, uh, an African-American tennis player, youngest since uh, Serena Williams, like 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. And in her final comments, she actually supported the protesters. She said even if it did jeopardize her and make her lose her concentration, they were peaceful. And she supports free speech. I was so thrilled. I can't tell you how how wonderful it was to to hear her support them. We can't expect that from athletes all the time, but when it happens, it's thrilling. And I think it's the it was so interesting in the top of your show, whether it's Nazi, you know, fighting Nazi chants being said or anything else. Um, we see we're seeing people using sports as a place to to debate and to protest and to struggle, and I love it. Well, well, and thank you so much for being with us again, Brenda Elsie of Hofstra University in Long Island, co-host of the uh, feminist podcast, Burn It All Down. Uh, coming up, uh, we go to Mexico, uh, where the Supreme Court's decriminalized abortion at the federal level and in the presidential race, the two top contenders are both women. So a woman will become the next president of Mexico for the first time in history. Stay with us. Rodriguez here on Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. As we turn now to Mexico, where the country's Supreme Court's issued a historic ruling that decriminalizes abortion at the federal level. In a unanimous decision Wednesday, the court stripped federal criminal penalties related to abortions. At a celebration after the ruling, student Marlene Moran welcomed the change. Mexico is an incredibly misogynistic country that still has deeply rooted traditional values. Abortion being legal and having a legal context that supports our decisions represents a big change. I hope we will be able to see a change in mentality in the population so they stop harassing pregnant people who decide to stop their pregnancies. Wednesday's ruling will not make abortions accessible throughout Mexico because laws banning the procedure are still in place in 20 of Mexico's 32 states. Pro-choice activists will now work to roll back those restrictions. For more, we're joined by two guests in Mexico City. Rebecca Ramos is with us. She's executive director of the reproductive rights group HIRE. And Cristina Rosero is a senior legal advisor for the Center for Reproductive Rights in Bogota, Colombia, where the center was part of the lawsuit that resulted in the decriminalization of abortion in Colombia last February. We welcome you both to Democracy Now! Rebecca Ramos, let's begin with you in Mexico City. Talk about the significance of what just took place in Mexico. 
Good morning, Amy, and good morning, Cristina. It's, it's great to see you, and thank you for having me. And we're thrilled. It, this is the first time that the Supreme Court decided on abortion, and it has an impact at the national level. So right now, we can uh, avoid uh, very uh, important obstacles uh, to, to provide services for the federal hospitals in the whole country. And Christina, if you can talk about the lawsuit that your group has been involved with um, that has led to this, whether in Colombia or right now in Mexico. of Causa Justa, who was the one who brought this issue to the light, especially because in Colombia we had three exceptions before, uh, since 2006, but it was clear for us that it was not enough because women and girls, especially those who face multiple inequalities, wasn't able to uh, access abortion uh, in reality. There were a lot of obstacles, there were criminalization, especially for young women who didn't have access to information or for the uh, healthcare system. So basically for us it was clear that the elimination of the crime of abortion was extremely important to uh, eliminate most of the barriers that women and pregnant people face when go when accessing abortion. Uh, in the case of Colombia, we managed to get from the Constitutional Court a decriminalization of 24 weeks. And after that, we can uh, still apply the three exceptions that we have already implemented in 2006. This is why we are definitely celebrating this ruling in Mexico, because it shows a trend in our region in which we are understanding the importance of not regulating abortion through the penal, uh, the penal code or the criminal law and uh, in a better way, uh, regulating it as an issue of um, public health and an, as an issue of human rights. And this is an extremely good step that builds up in this precedent on Colombia. So here in Colombia, we're definitely uh, celebrating with our sisters in Mexico for this achievement. Mm. And Rebecca Ramos, if you can explain how um, it works in Mexico, access to abortion still considered unlawful uh, in two thirds of Mexican states, but people in those states can still get abortions if they go to federal clinics. Explain how accessible those are. What's the difference between the local clinic and the federal clinic? Yes, of course. Well, here in Mexico, we are a, a federal state as, as the state, uh, United States. But the thing is that in terms of the regulation of abortion, uh, we have uh, the the criminal uh, topic that is uh, at the local state. And in case of the of the public services of health, we have two two levels: the federal and the state level. And at the state level, we we have already uh, twelve states that has been decriminalized abortion. Uh, whether at the uh, parliaments or uh, for judicial decisions. Uh, there is two, Coahuila and Aguascalientes, but uh, also the federal hospitals bring services uh, to, to the population and they cover uh, almost the 70% of people in the country. But before these uh, Wednesday decisions, 
we have at the federal level the crime of abortion, the, the absolute criminalization of abortion. So that, uh, that made impossible to the federal, co uh, to the federal uh, services of health to provide the services. That is why uh, yesterday, on, on Wednesday, sorry, uh, we celebrate so much this decision for the Supreme Court because with this uh, decision, the federal uh, services have to uh, provide abortion services. I mean, there's something very interesting happening also between the United States and Mexico. Um, as women uh, win this battle over decriminalization, though you have much further to go in all of these states, in the United States, reproductive rights are being severely curtailed. And now, um, uh, looking at a piece um, by Jonathan Bruce and uh, ABC 13, new ordinances would ban driving through cities and counties en route to abortion care. And what this means on the border between Texas and Mexico, that anti-abortion groups in Texas are getting more aggressive to trying to, for trying to stop women from getting the procedure out of state and maybe even in Mexico, that if they criminalize women making their way through the, a county or a city that makes it illegal to even uh, travel to somewhere like Mexico to get an abortion. I mean, the focus in the United States is always um, people trying to get into the United States. Uh, the question now is people, uh, Christina Rosero, trying to leave the United States to get an abortion in Mexico. Yes, sadly, all the all the rollbacks that are going on in 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 the U.S. are unacceptable, and we definitely are um, really concerned about all the impacts that the decision of Dobbs had uh, since last year. Uh, as a center of reproductive rights, we know that more than 14 states have banned abortion in different ways or creating limits to the access to this service. And the most concerning thing is that um, the most affected with this type of bans are women who are facing multiple ways of discrimination, for example, migrant women or women who face poverty because they don't have access to the healthcare system. In this sense, we definitely are concerned for all the rollbacks. And it shows how right now Latin America is actually leading the conversation on the protection of reproductive rights. And of course, this, this milestone in Mexico uh, keeps building on that. Uh, we think it's unacceptable that uh, women in the U.S. are facing this type of obstacles, and we definitely call for a, a change in this type of, of protections because it is important for them to access to abortion. We know from um, the evidence that banning abortion is not going to uh, avoid that the abortions occur. Abortion is, is going to be uh, a reality anyway. Uh, the thing is that banning abortion, it just creates uh, risks to women and pregnant people who need access to abortion because they're going to go for procedures that probably could be unsafe. So it is important to legalize and decriminalize abortion because this is the only way to stop mortality regarding unsafe uh, procedures, but also because it is an, an important recognition of the autonomy of women and people who can get pregnant um, and their life projects. So definitely, I think we, we in Latin America right now, there's an, a really important conversation 
because countries that are a reference for the entire region, such as Mexico, Argentina, and Colombia, are making changes going through um, a, a recognition of that autonomy. And we would love that in the States, uh, we can have uh, better regulations that don't ban, especially the women uh, who face more inequalities, who have the more difficult conditions to access uh, to the healthcare system. And Rebecca Ramos, your group here, your reproductive rights group in Mexico, is behind the lawsuit that led to the Supreme Court decision. Of course, in the United States, it's the other way. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. So I'm wondering if you can talk about what led to um, this legal path that now has uh, decriminalized abortion in Mexico and what advice you have for people in the United States. Well, uh, first of all, uh, we in, in Chile, we have been working on the legal path for 30 years. We we have been uh, putting on on on, on track uh, some legal strategies, not not also at the judiciary branch, but also with the congresses and also with the executive uh, branch. But the work we have done with the Supreme Court uh, is. Uh, since 2000, when we started to have some uh, resolutions, not so good as the Wednesday's Wednesday resolution, but that has been very important to work with the justices, but not only with the justices of the Supreme Court in Mexico, but also with the staff and the people who are actually writing the drafts and the and the resolutions. So that is part of our work. And I I, I wouldn't say that that uh, I'm I'm going to to give an advice to the to the U.S. Uh, organization, but I can share with them that uh, we in Mexico we have worked at all different branches, as I said, as said uh, in terms of the judiciary branch, but also the executive and the and the legislative branch. But also, and I think that it is something that we share with the United States, is the importance to work at the state level, not only at the federal level, and most of all in a situation uh, that the nowadays in the in the states with this uh, Supreme Court that, that is very conservative, conservative. So I think that in the states, of course, there are uh, more conservative congresses than than others. But I think that it has been very um, interesting how in Mexico has uh, worked the the job and the and the technical advice with those uh, with with the state level of authorities. And I wanted to ask you about the political landscape now in Mexico, Rebecca. I mean, you have the two presidential contenders. The top contenders are both women. Which means uh, in 2024, you'll have a woman president, most likely, um, and abortion is decriminalized. The significance of this and how Mexico came to this point. I think that uh, what is happening right now in the political escape is it's really important, most of all in terms of representation and also on a political participation of women. It's the first time that a woman would be a, a president in, in our country. Uh, just before, there has been some women candidates for the president, but none of them had a real chance to, to become a, a president. So 
I think that it is a, a great time uh, in terms of uh, political participation, but it is also through true that uh, in a state level and a municipal level, there, there still have a lot of violence, uh, a political violence against uh, women. I think that in terms of representation and visibility, what is happening right now with the, with the two women candidates for the president is it's undoubtedly uh, an, uh, a step forward for uh, our political uh, rights here in Mexico. Um, just naming those two women, the former Mexico City mayor, uh, Claudia Sheinbaum, uh, is also a climate scientist. She's with AMLO's party, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, the current president, uh, and the opposition candidate, Xochitl uh, Galvez. I want to thank you both for being with us. Uh, this has been a fascinating discussion and we'll continue to follow reproductive rights developments throughout Latin America. Rebecca Ramos, executive director of the Reproductive Rights Group's Group Hire, speaking to us from Mexico City. And Cristina Rosero, senior legal advisor for the Center for Reproductive Rights based in Bogota, Colombia. This is Democracy Now! When we come up back, we go to the dire conditions inside the Fulton County Jail, where Donald Trump and his 18 co-defendants were recently booked. Ten prisoners have now died in the jail's custody this year, the latest last Sunday. Stay with us. Steve Gunn and David Moore featuring Bing and Ruth. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. We end today's show in Atlanta with an update from the Fulton County Jail where Donald Trump and his 18 co-defendants face RICO charges were recently processed. The jail was in the spotlight before Trump arrived after it came under federal investigation for the death of LaShawn Thompson, who was allegedly eaten alive by insects and bedbugs while living in filth imprisoned in his cell. His family reached a $4 million settlement with Fulton County last month. Now another man has died in Fulton County custody, the 10th 
this year. 24-year-old Chandre Delmore was found unresponsive in his cell August 31st after spending five months in the Fulton County Jail. Preliminary findings show the otherwise healthy Delmore died Sunday of cardiac arrest. He was given a compassionate release bond the day after he was taken to the hospital. His family said by the time they were told Delmore was intensive care, there was no brain activity. This is his mother, Natasha Holomon. My son was so loving, he wouldn't harm anybody. He, he didn't deserve to die like this. He had his whole life ahead of him. I can't even understand getting a phone call saying he's in ICU. I wasn't expecting to see my son in the condition that he was in when I came out here. I thought I would be able to take my son with me back home. But um, that didn't happen. And I want answers. I want to know what happened to my son. I want to know why he had to die. For more, we're joined by Mauli Mel Davis, attorney for the family of Chandra Delmore. Welcome to Democracy Now! Thanks for joining us from Atlanta. Explain what you understand happened. I was finding it hard to say uh, the prison granted him compassionate release in light of what has taken place. Uh, good morning, Amy. And this is, um, again, another tragedy in the Fulton County Jail. And what happened is a, a mystery to, to this family, to all of us. Um, Chandra was a by all accounts, a healthy 24-year-old who uh, they say has died as a result of cardiac arrest. So uh, right now, as we speak, we are preparing for a second independent autopsy so that we can try to get some answers that this family so desperately deserves. But this is systemic. This is not a one-off, as you mentioned um, in the intro. This has been ongoing in the Fulton County Jail. Um, our firm has um, three other families who uh, have lost loved ones in the Fulton County Jail over the last 18 months. Now, just to understand what took place before last Sunday, um, Chandra was 24 years old, found unresponsive in a cell, and then what happened? Then it's our understanding that um, there was some delay in performing resuscitation in an, in an attempt to resuscitate him, and then he was transported to Grady Hospital. By the time he was at Grady Hospital, from all the reports that the family has received, he was already a likely brain dead. And they arrived, there was no brain activity, there was, they had no conversations with him. Um, he was non-responsive by the time they arrived, and they flew in from Louisiana the very next day that they heard the news. And so, um, again, it is really inexplicable how this could happen to a healthy young man, and we have not received any answers. And so we're really asking for an extraordinary measure by the Fulton County Sheriff to release and open the jail up and allow us access to go in, view video for ourselves, as well as do interviews with the inmates who were present, as well as the detention officers who were present. And the reason that this is unprecedented is that in most instances, they want you to wait until their investigation is over. At this stage, with as many deaths as they've had, it's our position that 
we should have equal access and be performing our investigation uh, at the same time they're performing theirs because theirs have delivered no answers. And again, it has not ended this crisis in the Fulton County Jail. And just to be clear, 24-year-old Chandra Domo was healthy before he has a healthy uh, twin, right? A young woman uh, as well, uh, who has just lost her brother. Now, can you explain uh, what a compassionate release bond is? I mean, if he is granted this in the hospital, does it mean it doesn't count as a Fulton County Jail death? You know, that issue is what we were very concerned with is was this a an attempt to really try to have his death go under the radar and release him so that it would not in fact be a part of this growing number of deaths inside of the jail um again the the explanation given to the family was that he was given this compassionate release because they would be able to have greater access to him while he was in the hospital. And so it's, it's again, unclear what the motivation was, but um, we're very suspicious. The whole system right now is is failing um, the inmates, it's failing the citizens of Fulton County. And it's, you know, arguably the most dangerous jail in, in America right now. So you have called for the release of prisoners, and I'm wondering if you can talk about this. Last summer, after an overcrowding crisis, officials outed more jail space. Did this solve the issue? Clearly, it did not. So the the idea that um, this country can or even this county can lock its way out of um, what they believe is a a crisis and it's, it's not working. The bottom line is we have people like Chandra who has a really not a nonviolent offense sitting in jail for five months on a $5,000 bond who should have been released, period. That's it. And so what really needs to happen is they need to go through and look at all of the folks who are currently incarcerated and begin to release people because it is too dangerous. They should not have a death sentence because they have been accused of a crime. And that is what's happening right now in Fulton County. Essentially, if you are in Fulton County, it's at your own risk of your life that you have been arrested. It could be a traffic stop for forgetting to pay a ticket and you end up in the jail and dead. That's absurd. And that's what the experience that um, we have been suffering under here for not just this year. It's 10 this year, was 15 last year. You mentioned um, traffic stop um, or, you know, dealing with the police and traffic. This is different from the jail. But today in Atlanta, the family of Johnny Holloman Sr., the 62-year-old church deacon killed during a Atlanta a police officer-involved incident last month will be viewing the body camera footage. Holman had called the police for help himself after a minor traffic accident. His daughter said she was on the phone with her dad when a struggle took place with the officers and said she heard him say, I can't breathe, and beg for help. What happened there? You are representing his family? We we are, and what we have been able to watch, we actually had a meeting last week with the individual he had the collision with who filmed at least part of the encounter um, with Deacon Holloman and this police officer. He's We could hear him begging 
We could hear him saying, I can't breathe. And we could hear the aggression of this officer and the continued assault against this 62-year-old elder. And today, the city of Atlanta will provide the family access to see the video footage. Unfortunately, it's not being released to the public. But at this point, the family has to have some answers because this was a a minor traffic accident where he called the police and then he ends up dead. So there's a lot going on here in Atlanta and in the, in the state of Georgia that the country should be watching. Um, we should all be concerned about. And, you know, the young people from the Atlanta University Center yesterday staged a, a protest where they marched from the Atlanta University Center to the CNN Center to try to bring about some national attention on the death of uh, Johnny Holman Sr. So this I want to get to one last thing, um, and that is uh, you're on the board of the, for the Southern Center for Human Rights, which is organizing lawyers to help represent 61 people indicted in Georgia on racketeering charges connected to the Stop Cop City movement. Um, the attorney general uh, bringing these charges, RICO charges, almost as a kind of response to Donald Trump being indicted on RICO charges. But your comment on this and what these 61 people face, also some charged with domestic terrorism? This is something, again, that we should all be concerned with. This is fascism. This is an attempt to silence people who are exercising their First Amendment right. This is an attempt to have a chilling effect on people who are organizing against uh, police violence, who are organizing to try to stop this ongoing assault on citizens. There has been no way, there's been no indication that the training center that is being proposed would have saved the life of Johnny Holman. No way, because it really does not center the people. It does not address the crises in the culture of Atlanta policing and American policing, which is our lives really don't matter. And so violence against us is absolutely acceptable at every level, at every aspect of the criminal justice system. Maoli Mel Davis, I want to thank you for being with us, attorney for the family of 24-year-old Chandra Delmore, who died Sunday after he was found unresponsive in his Fulton County jail cell after spending five months there. Delmore is the 10th person to this year to die in custody uh, of the Fulton County Sheriff's Office. That does it for our show. To see our podcast, video and audio podcasts, or sign up for our news, go to democracynow.org. I'm Amy Goodman. Thanks for joining us. Okay, we're going to jump right into the next one, Rama, here. Yeah. Um, this is our, our sister Amanda. Where did that go? Somewhere here over the rainbow. Okay. Um, you got it, Rama? Yeah. Read what it says under there. September spirit and tarot reading, all or nothing, overall energies. There we go. Let's get it started, Grandma. Mm. Here it goes.
Good afternoon, everyone. Well, it's the afternoon here. Um, as I record this on the 6th of September, I'm wanting to say the 6th of January, and I realise that has connotations for America. Um, that might come up in this reading. It might not. I'm not intending to do a reading linked into USA and Donald Trump. But of course, there are so many things happening in America at this time, then um, I would just like to send good wishes and the vibration of love and unity to that great country. Um, but no, this video is intended to be a reading for all of you for the month of September. So we're already nearly a month in and I'm just going to get straight to it today. I know you can't see me on camera. I'm just having a few days off um, off camera, basically. It's really good to do that occasionally. Uh, it helps to conserve your energy. And I would just like us to focus on the messages that are coming through. So hopefully you can hear me okay. I've spent all morning trying to get the audio good and I actually think I might have cracked it. So uh, it sounded good anyway when I listened back to the test. So uh, we have a new camera, I have a new microphone, and that feels very symbolic for these days. New beginnings are here for all of us. So where should we start? I think I'm going to start with a goddess card. I also am going to use the fifth tarot deck, which I haven't used for a while, but it's one of my favourite decks. And um, we're just going to have a good old look at the month of September. So let's get to it. Let's see what goddess energy wants to be with us this month. And we have the energy of Iris. Iris. And this is the energy of communication, card number 23. And I'm going to see what's on the bottom of the deck as well. But September is a month of communication. It feels as though, um, I don't, well, hopefully you can see the card. Um, there are rainbows coming out of this goddess's eyes. She has a rainbow coming out of both eyes. And it feels as though these eyes, which are your eyes, they're my eyes, they're humanity's eyes, have been through a lot. We've seen a lot. Think about what the rainbow stands for. It represents the times of rain and difficulty and challenge and hardship. But the rainbow comes out, of course, when the sun is also present. So it just feels as though it's a nod from spirit to say that we see the journey that you've been on. And I'm wanting to say through, the, through this year in particular, um, 2023, and we've got the 23 card, has been a year of revelations, being able to see more clearly what is going on, being able to hopefully see more clearly our true selves. If you've been doing the mirror work with me, uh, following on from the Michael Jackson channeling that I did recently, that was all about looking in the mirror and seeing who you really are. Uh, the beauty as well as the things that maybe we need to tweak or heal within ourselves. I'm also struck by the fact that this goddess also has uh, the third eye quite prominent. So it feels as though September is a month where our intuitive abilities may also be coming more to the fore. 
And it's interesting, of course, that I'm doing this video and you can't see me. Um, you can hear me. And I feel, well, I, I posted a little bit about this on my other social media cha uh, channels recently as to why I was doing it. And it's nothing serious. I've just had a little bit of um, uh, corrective work done on my skin. I've got some skin issues at the moment. And I just don't want to be on camera. But the point is that when you have to listen to somebody rather than see them, uh, sometimes the messages go in deeper. We don't just take things at face value. But I also think there's something here with regards to what I put it this way, what I said many people were resonating with, which was we don't always want to be seen. We don't. All, there are periods in life where it's okay to withdraw. There are periods in life and maybe months like this where there's just so much going on that there is a need to not turn away, but really this is about going into the third eye. It's as though these two eyes feel very tired. They've seen a lot and they've witnessed a lot. And now it's time for the third eye energy to kick in. And via the third eye, we are going to be finding new levels of communication coming to us. And that often can come in on the back of other senses, either being taken offline temporarily, um, or it might be that you actually have an issue with your ears, your eyes, um, any of the senses, basically. Um, taste as well, smell. So if there is an issue with one of the senses, know that the other ones are going to be stepping up more and you're going to be finding new ways to communicate with spirit as well. So on the bottom of the deck, let's just see what is on the bottom. We've got the card of generosity, Ocean, um, card number 41. So this is reminding me of the energy of what we, we reap, what we sow, basically, that in September, the more good deeds we can do, the more that it will rebound on us tenfold. That's not obviously the reason why we do it, to get something back, but it's just the way that the universe works. Now, going back God knows how many years, I used to be a brownie when I was a little girl. Many of you might have been a brownie or a cub or a scout. And the thing with the brownies is I seem to remember we always used to have to do the brownie promise. And part of the brownie promise was um, basically declaring and stating an intention to do a good deed. So September is full of good deeds and good seeds is what I'm hearing. OK, so plant seeds, plant good deeds and they will come back to you multiplied. You do this and you become generous or continue to be generous in the face of adversity. I'm sure I'm not the only one who is noticing an upsurge in people being more uh, aggressive, uh, triggered, uh, people spoiling for a fight, just the energy of walking outside your, your door. You know, you, you can sense that there is volatility in the air, People are on edge. There's a reason for that, of course. But despite all of that, we've got to be like this lady here. And she reminds me of the sunflower, which I've talked about many times on my channel, of turning our face to the sun, turning our face to the light. 
showing our best face, basically, okay, Um, and being generous in thought and deed. This also is, Metatron is saying, about not letting things slip whereby, you know, you should be standing up for yourself and saying something if somebody is just pig ignorant or rude and you need to put up a boundary or a block. But it's being generous of spirit and understanding that many people are struggling at this time. So, for example, you're in a shop and somebody is rude or snaps at you. Um, Always try to remember what has made somebody into that energy or aligned with that energy at any one point in time. So we're being asked to lead by example with these two cards. Okay, so I'm going to put them up there and I'm now going to go to the tarot. So let's see what we're going to get for the month of September. So I'm going to use the fifth uh, tarot and let's start with four cards for the energies that are coming in for all of us, for the month ahead. So the month of September, the energies that are coming in. Number one. Number two. I'm hearing the word methodical. Um, We are still in Virgo season after all. The energy of being methodical, slowing down, taking your time, I'm also hearing the word melody, so melody and methodical. Um, Metatron is saying, in fact, it's actually Sandalphon coming in as well because we're talking sound, that we all create a melody every single day, which is made up of the rhythm and the vibration and the tone with which we live our life. It comes into our speech. It comes into our actions it comes into our thoughts, it comes into every single thing that we do, it comes into our body language, it comes into our posture, it comes in and then it filters down into everything, into our relationships, our jobs, the way that we experience life. So to try to see yourself very much as a melody um, and the melody needs to be harmonious The melody needs to ideally be peaceful, gentle and soft. Again, set against a backdrop where there's going to be a lot of noise, um, abrasive energy, loudness. Um, We are asked to create a different frequency. Uh, So think of yourself actually as pure frequency. If we just stop for one moment and feel into ourselves as pure frequency. What is the frequency that right now you are emitting listening to me? Okay. Or what was the frequency that you were emitting um, an hour ago? What is the frequency that you're going to be taking into the next business meeting that you might have to attend, into the next shop that you have to go into? into the next email that you write, into the next transaction, into the next demonstration of who you are in relationship. And, you know, what I'm being shown is uh, a sheet of music. 
And we, we, ideally, we just need to be creating a beautiful sound, a beautiful vibration. And then others will harmonize with that. Okay, so it's very important to be that this month. Now, for some reason, I'm being asked to turn this card over first. So let's see what it is. It's the Seven of Shells, which is the card of possibilities. And it has the Nautilus shell on it. In fact, there's seven Nautilus shells. Um, The Nautilus shell, of course, is the journey inward and then the journey back outward. And this feels completely perfect for what I'm trying to explain in this video. That September is a month, yes, for going in, for observing our behavior, for observing ourselves. But then as we learn more on that inward journey, we process more, we integrate more, we heal more, we then are able to come back out in a bigger, more expansive way where we are more able to open up to the possibilities that are there for us for the second half of this year. So we have the seven of shells, the card of possibilities. We have the initiate of lotus. That is summing up what I've just been saying. To imagine that you're walking, uh, we talk about the armor of God. We talk about walking with sandals of peace. To imagine that you're walking the energy of peace into your life, into your home, into your relationships, but also this initiate here is standing uh, still. Are you okay and are you comfortable with standing still? And when we stand still, we witness ourselves. It's the energy of presence. And to be ever present with self is one of the hardest things that often we have to do in this life because we distract ourselves with things to do, places to go, reasons to not do this, reasons to not stay aligned to the energy of peace, but also to be present with ourselves in every moment. Um, I'm very drawn. I know it's a picture of feet, but the the toes are really calling me (laughs) in this picture. Now, I'm on record for almost being the Guinness Book of World Record holder of always stubbing my toes. Um, There are resources out there. You can link them below in the comments, whereby you will start to learn to understand that each of the toes links into a particular meridian and a particular organ within the body. And so if, for example, you're always stubbing your big toe, your little toe, your middle toe, whatever it is, the toes are actually trying to speak. And isn't it interesting? So again, in a video where you can't see me, but you can see my hands, you can see my fingers. And now we're talking about toes. So it feels as though September is a month where we just start to appreciate the little things, the big things, the parts of our body as well, that we often are not even acknowledging 
as being important. How many people have ever broken a foot or broken an ankle or, I don't know, sprained something and never taken any notice of it before uh, until you don't have the ability to use it? So it's a month of appreciation for the body, all parts of the body and being present. So let's see what this one is. This is the card of focus, the eight of feathers. Um, focus is a theme that I've talked about, I feel, a lot recently. It feels a very metatronic energy focus. Within my own Metatron deck, the card that I guess links into the energy of focus is the priorities card. Um, and I'll just get that. It's just here. So let's just get the priorities card out of the deck. I feel the energy of priorities very strongly this month. I felt the energy of priorities strongly for the whole year, probably more so than I ever have at any point in my life. It's as though we have to get the basics sorted before we can evolve and move on. We're all wanting the new upgrade. We're wanting the new start. We're wanting the new door to open. We're wanting the new spiritual experience, the new gift of heightened intuition or clairvoyance or clairaudience. We want to be able to channel spirit. We want to be able to see spirit. We want to be able to get into our heart energy. All of the things we talk about all the time on the spiritual path. But unless you have this basic level of the pyramid completed, which very much ties into the energy of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're not going to get anywhere. So this is back to basics. This is back to uh, cooking, cleaning, diet, health, exercise, the roof over your head, uh, the leaky roof that hasn't had attention drawn to it, uh, the basement that is musty and needs sweeping out, the windows that are dirty, the path that needs sweeping, the, the grass that needs mowing. These are things that actually need to be done before we can go higher. It's as though the spiritual community is needing a bit of a kick up the backside, if you don't mind me saying, because um, I'm also giving myself a kick up the backside, which is that we have to get this basic layer right. Um, I'm also being drawn to the fact that I don't think this is just a UK problem. and It's something I probably will be reading on. I'm going to be doing a spiritual news video very soon where I'm looking at some of the key things that are happening around our world. And it's not just going to be focused on UK, but obviously sometimes there are UK references because it's where I live. But I always know that when something's happening in the UK, it absolutely is reflected in lots of other countries too. So yesterday in the UK, one of the biggest cities in this country, which is Birmingham, I think actually Birmingham might be the second biggest city or it's certainly the third biggest city. It's a huge population of people. It's in the north of England. Um, it always used to be the industrial powerhouse, really, of um, of our nation. But anyway, um, the, the council has gone bankrupt 
literally it's gone bankrupt. And notices were put up yesterday that only the very basic amenities can be catered for by the council, the most vulnerable people. There is no money in the pot. Now, I don't want to get into the politics of it in terms of whether it's uh, who it's run by. The, the, the thing is, this is going to be reflected in other countries around the world. Needs not having been taken care of. Books not being balanced. Let's now bring that into your life. Which book is not balanced in your life? Um, only you can answer that, but something is out of balance. And so we need to get the priorities in order. I love the fact that the angel wings are just enveloping the pyramid here, which is saying that spirit will help you to attend to what needs to be attended to. Uh, so that for me goes very much with the card of eight of feathers, We've also got the mountain in the background. And I'm just wondering what the bird is on this card. So let's go to the book uh, because in another life, I would quite like to have been a bird watcher, but uh, maybe there's still time in this, this life. It's funny, as you get older, you start to get into things like gardening and, you know, stuff that I used to turn my nose up at. Now I think, you know, actually, it's really interesting. OK, so it's actually a flicker. So who is a bird watcher here? Who knew that? I didn't know it was a flicker. But anyway, let's get it up. It's a flicker. Uh, I've no idea where flickers come from. I don't think they're from the UK. Now, I'm just about to drink my tea. So I'm hoping this doesn't sound terribly slurpy on my new microphone. Apologies if it does, but I need to drink the tea. You look at the flicker and then I'm going to bring the message through. Oh, you can't beat a cup of tea, guys. You just can't beat a cup of tea. Oh, oh I'm just going to, sorry, I'm just going to focus on my cup of tea for a minute. Hold on. Mm. You have a, you have a little sip of your drink. <laughs> so the flicker. The flicker in the eight of feathers summons us to create new rhythms without the blues. I can't believe it. What was I just saying about creating a melody? Oh, wow. The flicker in the eight of feathers summons us to create new rhythms without the blues. The flicker drums rapidly on tree trunks with its long, sharp beak. Their repetitious Repetitious motions as they drum point out the focused intent necessary to connect with the rhythm of the earth. This focus enables us to tune into our own rhythm in the process. Oh, I can't, I can't believe it. That's just so perfect, isn't it? I will never stop being blown blown away by spirit and the confirmations you get. It's just beautiful. It says the red crest on the flicker's head represents the higher aspects of the mind. Um, focusing on the upper chakras, the third eye and crown, aids us in attaining greater states of consciousness. Um, the black crest is, suggests a connection to the heart chakra. Um, Ted Andrews talks about flicker will awaken a new rhythm and the ability and opportunity to manifest all healing love. Okay, so uh, the thing I want to take out of this message then is the heartbeat of Mother Earth. So
So I suspect that September is going to be a month where the Schumann resonance is playing up big time. Um, the vibration of Earth is changing and it is unsettling. I find it some days quite challenging uh, because I'm very in tune with what's happening with the Earth and I, it can make me feel very off balance or just a bit peculiar some days, but I'm learning to just ride the waves. So I think this is also coming up to say, uh, okay, what I'm being shown by Metatron is it's not a very nice analogy, but you know when you feel seasick and you're on a boat and you just have to keep your eye fixed on the horizon. So it's like, here we've got to keep our eye fixed on the mountain top whilst around us things are sort of moving and shaking. And I, I do wonder whether there's going to be some more activity with Mother Earth, whether that's volcanoes, whether it is landslides, whether it is um, earthquake activity. That feels as though it's very possible in this month of September as well. Okay, so let's see what this fourth card is that we've got. We've got the Six of Stones, Compassion. And it's quite interesting. I was about to say we've got seven, eight, and then I looked to this and it hasn't got a number. I was thinking, oh, but look, we've got six, seven, eight. It's what I was talking about in terms of being methodical, making sure that you've got every T crossed and every I dotted have a look at the paperwork, okay? Make sure you read the small details. Um, don't sign up for things without really properly researching what it is that you are getting into. This doesn't just have to be business. It can also be linked to relationships. It can even be at the level of I'm being shown people, you know, September is often a time where people sign up for evening classes or they'll join a new club, become a member of something. Make sure you really have looked at what you're actually joining because everything has an energy. And when you give your energy to that, it can interfere, it can hopefully help, but it absolutely can hinder. So a good example would be, you know, you're watching me on social media, you're on YouTube. Some of you also might be on other media, whether it's Twitter, whatever it's called now, X, um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Uh, if you are on multiple channels, you know that every single one of those social media channels has got a different vibration. It attracts a different type of person with a different type of need. So TikTok is pretty obvious. It's the fast, furious, give it to me now in 30 seconds. I'm not interested in anything more. Then I'm on to the next one. And by nature of the beast is it can be quite a transient type of energy um, versus other channels. So that's really what I'm trying to say to you. Make sure you're fully aware of the group that you're now I'm being shown. I'm being shown something else now. I'm being shown by a, like a Weight Watchers type group. So those people that are maybe trying to lose weight. Now, I've been to my share of those, fair share of those in the time, in my time. And what's really interesting is when I look back, there were some groups that were really helpful and they were full of very supportive, helpful, nice people. And I felt at home there versus other groups that I joined, maybe with the same umbrella name and brand, but it just had attracted a different type of person. Um, 
all with a different need. You know, I'm going back a few years now and I felt like I needed to lose a bit of weight. And I remember walking into this particular uh, Weight Watchers group and everybody was so much bigger than me. Uh, I actually, I, I was like a fish out of water. I just didn't fit with the rest of the group because they had a lot more to lose than I did. So their needs were different. It's not saying it was wrong or right. It wasn't right for me. So make sure And this is also to do with online memberships as well, I'm being shown. So you might sign up for an online group, um, Patreon account with somebody. And then it's like you get in there and it's like, actually, I don't know if I really, is this this really me? I mentioned this in my last video, didn't I? You know, I was talking about social outcasts (laughs) or spiritual outcasts. I want to say social outcasts, spiritual outcasts. And actually, that's not a negative. I was really just giving the example of sometimes I don't want to always do all of the things and join all of the things that everyone else is flocking to. It's like, is there something wrong with me? And what was coming forward was, no, nothing wrong with you. You know, you don't you don't need it, you, whatever. Um, but a few of you wrote some brilliant comments to that video. And one person was saying they were using the example of a retreat. So they'd gone on a retreat and they'd always thought that they should go on a retreat. Note the word should, not could, should go on a retreat because everyone was saying, you must, it's the greatest thing ever and you're going to love it and you're going to meet all these people. And then this lady got there and I think you said you left a day early because it was just, they weren't your tribe, they weren't your people, you hated it. Um, Using the example of education, I, I remember the first day of university, sat down in the hall and the deacon or whoever it is that runs universities, I remember them saying crystal clear, these are going to be the best days of your life. You're going to meet friends that you, you're going to have for the rest of your life. It's going to be this, it's going to be that. I didn't feel any of that. I still got one friend from university days, but it wasn't what they said. So this is really what I mean. And maybe the education thing I'm bringing up because you might be a parent or a grandparent of a child that's gone off to university. It maybe isn't what you thought it was. Maybe it's the wrong course. You can always change direction is what I'm wanting to say. Okay, so six, seven, eight, make sure, you know, you go through things in a very thorough, uh, thorough way. Thoroughness is important as well in September. Okay, so let's have a look. What else have we got? So September, let's have a look at the uh, challenges, please. So the challenges for September, please, Metatron. What are the challenges for September for the people watching? Okay, right, interesting. Um Look at those two cards as challenges. Wow. My goodness, they're powerful. Now, if I'd have said, what are the blessings coming in for this month? It would be like, wow, how amazing. We can't wait to have that, to be attuned to a higher power, to be lit up with fire, essentially, you know, um, Look at, it's just like an energy of euphoria. This is in the negative, this is the negative position, this is the block. But the point is, if it's a block, it shows that it is actually available, it is actually possible. I'll pull a card in a moment in terms of how we get past the block. Because it's saying, it might be a month where you're struggling to connect to spirit. 
It might be a month where you're actually struggling. Look at the card. I mean, th- this is a card that I talk about, actually, when I do attune people to Archangel Metatron. It's a course that I haven't been running for quite a while. It actually isn't going to be running in September. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, with, with these issues, it would probably be problematic getting it back up for September. But it's going to be later in the year. But the point is, um, I talk about this card a lot because it's the card of attunement. Um, in a positive uh, forward energy, it's to do with the heart chakra expanding, the a third eye expanding, the ear chakras, the shoulders as well. Uh, this is the, um, the stellar gateway chakra. It's to do with being lit up, you know, spiritual upgrade. Why is spiritual upgrade then and connecting and attuning to spirit going to feel more difficult this month so before i pull a card i just want to tune into this myself um why is it feeling more difficult okay i'm being just being shown loads of crossed wires so it's a bit like uh, a uh, old-fashioned telephone um what do they used to call them like a telephone operating uh, room maybe they still have them where you know you've got all of the different wires and this wire goes to america and that wire goes to china and that wire goes to the neighbor up the street and that wire connects this business to the bank and all the rest of it and it's as though the fuse box is blown the wires are all in a clump they're all messed up they're tangled you know when you get jewelry and you get knots in it and you're trying to detangle all of the pieces of different chain and jewelry and everything's stuck together that's what it feels like so the question is have we done this to ourselves by our own demands and expectation you know, uh, where's this card again? Have we fallen into a trap where we just want to get to the top? You know, just give me the reward. Give me the the cherry pie. I don't want to have to make the cherry pie. I don't want to have to climb the ladder. I just want that. Uh, remember, this is a collective energy. That's sort of where we are at the moment. So just give me that. Not wanting to work towards it, the sense of accomplishment that comes when you've gone through the stages in a method, meth- methodical way. And also had a rhythm, a continuous, consistent rhythm, uh, whereby you've lived your life in a holy way, is what I'm hearing, in a holy way. And when we live our life in a holy way, in a sacred way, in a reverent way, when we know that every single person we meet is our teacher, every single thing that we react to or respond to or say, whether it's online or in our own lives, matters that's when we tend to get the upgrades. I must admit, I've seen this in my own life many times and it could be an interesting subject just for a standalone video on its own, which is the energy of, put it this way, the major upgrades that I've usually received in terms of gifts, whether that be channeling, uh, the ability to connect to spirit, um, to heal, uh, and anything really, it's usually I've I've just noticed and then I've looked back and I thought, wow, gosh, I, a, few, a month ago, I don't think I was I was able to do this. Now I can. What's happened? And it's very rarely, it, put it this way, it's rarely been the result of some bolt of lightning from the sky where I've just been gifted it without any work on my part. It hasn't been because I've read something, done something, participated in something. It's been because I've just 
kept on going methodically, trying to live my life in a holy, reverent way, often falling off the ladder, of course, but then getting back on the horse again the next day. So it's not to say, of course, that courses and books don't matter. They can absolutely be the springboard that helps open you up. But put it this way, you can go on any course, uh, you can go on any retreat, you can listen to any video, uh, you can get any certificate, but it's what you do with that energy that you receive, the teaching that you receive, is how you put it into practice that is the... um, a key for the for the upgrade to come in, the attunement to come in. So yeah, it just and you know, ten of wands is of course also the energy of feeling unsupported. So there's that side to it as well. It's not just the race to the top at all costs, although I do think that's a valid point. It's also the fact that we feel uh, we're just struggling. We can't do it. Um, give me clarification, please, on the ten of fire, please, Metatron. So it, with regards to attuning to spirit, connecting to spirit, receiving messages, um, why are we finding it hard going at this time, please? Why, why are people finding it hard going? Two of Lotus, the card of empathy, because people aren't in their hearts. People aren't in their hearts enough. And it's what, what, uh, what occurs to me, what matters to me, what hurts me, what moves me also matters to you, also moves you, also uh, hurts you, etc. It's this energy of do unto others as we be, as we would be done to ourselves. And, you know, it's the energy of interconnectedness. So this car is also, even though it's a number two, we've got the energy of infinity. It's it's the fact that people are not understanding, Metatron is saying, that you have to stay connected 24-7. The best way to describe this, and it's an analogy that I've given before, is it's the old energy of going to church on a Sunday. You know, I've spent my hour in church being a good person, um, saying my prayers, asking for forgiveness. Now I can go back into the world and I can forget it again for the next six days. And I can maybe be a complete asshole or, you know, whatever. And I'm not behaving in a nice way to my neighbor or my friend. I'm not being there for anybody. I'm just thinking for myself the whole time. You know, I don't care. I'm not going to actually practice the principles of Christ consciousness, but I will turn up at church next week (laughs) and get my wafer. You know, that's that's the energy, because in that state, you are not connected the whole time. Um, Being on a spiritual path is a 24-7 experience. It's a 24-7 path. And there's no getting off the path, I'm afraid. (laughs) There might be times you want to, but of course, it's then that you're carried. So the two of Lotus, I also feel as though it's spirit saying, we understand that it's hard at the moment. Where's the card? We understand that it's hard. We understand that you just want to give up. It's like the energy of the hands just up in the air. I just want to give up. I want to surrender. I can't do this. But we have got you. We're holding you. Stay connected. Stay aligned. Stay aligned. And, and the thing that's happening at the moment in the world is that we're being given lots of external stimuli and reasons to not stay aligned, to basically fall out with our brothers and sisters. 
One of the things that I'm, I've been asked to read on a lot over the last week is the voice referendum in Australia. I'm still deciding whether I will do that. If I have time, I will. Um, but I don't want to judge anybody or diss anybody, but I would like to say what I'm about to say. Um, the first few times that I was asked it, I just sort of said, well, okay, I will, but can you help me out? Because it takes me hours to research what it's about. I don't live in Australia. I don't understand the issues. Um, I'm not there. I'm not, I'm not reading the news. I'm not having the conversations with my fellow Australians. Um, just give me some neutral questions. Give me some neutral background as to what it's about. And then I'll try and take a higher perspective on it. And it just seemed to descend into this shouting match. And I thought it's just another example. So whether it's the virus, whether it's a referendum, whether it's certainly politics, <laughs> whether it's religion, whether it's um, all of the different things that are dividing us, us at the moment, what they're actually, what they actually are, are teachers to see whether we can stay aligned to our principles, whether we can stay on our path, or whether at the first sign of friction and difference of opinion with somebody else, we just throw an almighty toddler tantrum, okay? And, you know, we hurl abuse and we stomp off and we unfriend and we, all of the rest of it. Um, we're, we're being asked to try to stay in our heart. But as I say, I, I want to also say with boundaries because, you know, we, we also do have to respect our own space and our own sanity. Uh, spirit can often sometimes forget how difficult it is down here on earth at this time. And uh, so but also this is a two-way communication, obviously, with spirit. Tell them your problems. Tell them what's troubling you. Tell them about the fractured family relationships or friendships or situations at work or the split that's ex that is existing in your country. And the fact that, you know, be honest with it. Journal it rather than take it out on the next person you see that looks different to you or might be voting differently or just, you know, is a different colour or a different creed or whatever, journal it out, speak to God about it, go into your heart and ask your heart for guidance. And the guidance will always come back to love, love one another as I have loved you. Let's pull a card from the Christ deck at this point. So the month of September. What is the uh, best teaching, please, for the month of September with regards to Christ consciousness for the blocks and the misunderstandings and the division and the frustration? This came up in my last reading. New vintage, be open-minded. Do you remember? This came up last time. Um it's to do with the fact that you have to be, we have to be, I have to be open to new ideas, open to new ways of looking at the world, open to new, um, just op open. It doesn't mean that you have to accept everything, carte blanche. It doesn't mean that you have to change and become what somebody else believes. But Put it this way, look at this beautiful older lady's face. She's willing to listen. She's willing to listen um, because she realises that even if she doesn't agree maybe with what she's hearing, 
she can learn something about about herself um, and her journey through the interaction. Everybody is our teacher. We always have something to learn from another. So we have the energy of be open-minded. What's on the bottom of the deck? Let's have a look. Sisterhood. Sisterhood. We have the energy of Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene. And over and above who they are and were, it's the energy of two females, but they represent us because we all have the feminine aspect within ourselves, sitting around a campfire. Sitting around a campfire, talking about whatever they need to talk about. We have the Milky Way in the background, a reminder of the beauty of the universe, a reminder of actually what it's all about, where we come from, where we go back to, the energy of fire, which brings us together and has done since times of old, where where people have sat around the fire. Funnily enough, I was just talking to my daughter in the garden about the people that I've channeled. And we were, and she was asking me, well, who have you channeled? And uh, I was reeling off the list. I'm just going to get the quote up to tell you who I was talking about. I was mentioning to her um, Alan Rickman. And it's that quote that you've seen me post many times. And I probably will again. I just love it. And it's this. Dear old Alan, it's the more <laughs> the more that we're governed by idiots and have no control over our destinies, the more we need to tell stories to each other about who we are, why we are, where we come from, and what might be possible. Let me repeat, around the campfire. The more we're governed by idiots and have no control over our destinies, the more we need to tell stories to each other about who we are, why we are, where we come from and what might be possible. Yeah, I love that quote. And I think it's very um, accurate for now. The other quote of Alan's, which I just have to say as we're on Alan, um, is the one about him getting older. Um Oh, gosh, it's a really beautiful quote. Let's just see if I can quickly find it. Yeah, when I'm 80 years old, and of course, he never got to it. uh, And I'm, uh, here we go. Hold on. Hold on, guys. Uh, When I'm 80 years old and sitting in my rocking chair, I'll be reading Harry Potter. And my family will say to me, after all this time, And I will say, always. I don't know why that gets me. It always gets me every time. I always feel so emotional with that. It's just such a beautiful quote. I mean, he didn't get to 80, but it's something about the passage of time, the power of words, the power of art, the power of culture, the power of a a beautiful escapist story to unite us. When I'm 80 years old and I'm sitting in my rocking chair, I'll be reading Harry Potter and my family will say to me, after all this time, and I will say always. Uh. 
think it's getting to me so much because there's so much power in it, but it's also what this card's about. The feminine way. The feminine way, the divine feminine, which is in within all of us, is requesting us this September to put down our differences and to sit with each other. To be open-minded from what we can learn from each other. This is what is blocking this. And this isn't just your upgrade and attunement to the next stage of the pyramid. I want to keep going higher. This is humanity's next step. Humanity is wanting to evolve and upgrade. It's wanting to transcend the horrendous difficulties difficulties that we have. And what I'm feeling spirit saying is that part of the reason why the difficulties are getting so so hard. There's so many horrible stories at local level, at national level, at international level. So many stories. Is It's not just the fact that it's, it's healing time and so we have to bring it up from the bowels of the earth so we can look at it and heal it. That is part of it. But it's almost as though I'm now seeing the Godhead and it's like just sitting there almost with an energy of despair in terms of when at what level will humanity come back to each other? How bad does it have to get? How bad does it have to get before this happens? Before we sit with each other, we learn from each other. And you know, one of the biggest distractions, when I was talking about this card earlier, about possibilities and focus, and the fact that um, there are so many distractions from, you know, the, the, putting the key in the door. We really have to look at some of the elephants in the room. And one of the elephants in the room is social media. I, I'm very aware you're watching me on social media. Uh, I'm very grateful that you do. But put it this way, I don't want you to be spending, you know, your whole life watching my videos. <laughs> um we all need to be having time away from it. The middle road with this is to have digital breaks. Uh, I tried to have one on Sunday and I did manage a good portion of the day. I try not, I, I try not to never work on a Sunday, but just as an example, to turn the phone off. Because put it this way, have these two Marys got phones in their hands? You know, are they are they trying to take a photograph of the Milky Way rather than look with their own eyes at the Milky Way. (laughs) So, but that's just one example. There's so many different ways that we can distract ourselves. Also, the distraction comes from focusing on the negativity, the terrible agendas, the timelines that might come in. Yes, they might come in, but they also might not. And so the more that you prepare for worst case scenario the whole time, the more that you're bringing that closer in and you're making this, further and further away because you're not putting energy into this you're not you're not putting energy into this upliftment of the world of humanity you're putting energy into the reverse the darkness basically what template archetypal template have we got in our midst in september This is the Citadel uh, 
oracle deck, which is a little bit different. They're quite unusual, aren't they, in terms of the shape of the cards? But they have archetypal energies, um, which I find really interesting. So let's have a look at the archetypal energies around us um, <laughs> this September. We have the energy of the musician. Um, we've got the gambler as well. That one keeps showing up. Let's put both on. So the musician is again confirming the message that I said earlier on in this reading about you need to be the rhythm. You need to flow to your own rhythm. You need to also be in harmony with Mother Earth. You need to be in harmony with her inhabitants. You need to be in harmony with the elements. That's why the elements are all out of sync at the moment. Um, over and above any any manipulation you think is going on with regards to the elements, that's only possible because we are out of rhythm with her. And by her, I'm talking Mother Earth. We need to become the music. We need to be the music. Um, also to, to, to look to music as inspiration. Now, one of my great friends, um, one of my truly great friends who I've known since I was, uh, oh God, <laughs> 15 or so, she put a comment on a little thing that I put up about Freddie Mercury yesterday. I'm just going to read it to you because she was recommending a book um, that I should read. Um, okay, so she says it's called The Sound of Being Human. And it says how music shapes our lives. Um, so, yeah, you know who you are. Uh, anybody else read that book? She's going to lend it to me when I next see her. So it's The Sound of Being Human, How Music Shapes Our Lives. It's also, of course, uh, another side to this. Um, I'm being shown now the fact that we know that when we look back at our lives, music often can identify particular things that have happened to us. We will have music that reminds us of when our children were born, when we met our, lo our love, um, when maybe something terribly sad happened, um, etc. Music shapes us, it defines us. What is the music of New Earth? What, what does that sound like? Now, by that, I'm not talking about who is the artist. It's more, what are the themes that will be sung about? What, what will it sound like? Um, what will it sound like? I'd just like to leave you with that, okay? So there's new music to be created for the creation of new earth. Music comes with us into new earth and music is, well, sound is one of the principal um, ingredients to creation. So when we talk about how do we create new earth, how do we get closer to it? The energy of music, the energy of sound is one of the keys that you put into the door. Uh, yesterday, I was talking about how obviously colour has always been one of the things that I use to create my reality. That's why, you know, created the sprays. Um, but it's also to do with the smell, the scent of the scent of sprays, the smell of incense that I often burn. So aware of smell. Um, being something that helps us to create 
an ambience, which creates an atmosphere, which creates an experience, which creates a reality. I feel better because I can smell the roses, you know. I But the same is true of sound. I feel better because I've listened to this and it's uplifted me. So music is, being the musician is one of the archetypal energies for this, this month. To sing, to play, to hum along, to just enjoy it basically. But we also have this shadow energy to contend with, which is the gambler, um, which is to do with loss and risks. Um, so let's talk about the gambler then. Okay, I'm going to pull another card to go with the gambler from the Metatron deck. Why have we got the energy of the gambler here, please, Metatron, for the month of September? Why have we got the energy of the gambler? Endings. There are endings that are coming in that are non-negotiable. Um, for the new beginning to happen, there has to be the ending. It's as though we think we can dodge that. We can get out of that. We don't have to go through the pain to get to the rainbow. Um, but we're promised that we are held. Endings, you are held. So I think that's really what it's about. Anything else with this one, Metatron, the gambler, loss and risks. Playing with fire. That we're playing with fire um, that we're not building on solid ground. That Put it this way, this energy of the gambler is the opposite energy of the methodical, practical, thorough, uh, well-researched energy that I was talking about earlier. This is just like, oh, I'll give it a go, you know. doesn't really matter if it doesn't work out. In some scenarios, of course, that can be true but not with the really big things of life, not with the moments where people are going to remember us by. Um, it feels as though the stakes are high this September. Why are the stakes high this September? Why are the stakes high this September? For the people watching, why are the stakes high? Because we can go beyond what we have ever thought possible. Uh, Metatron would be a brilliant guide for you this month if you've never tried to um, you know, work with Metatron. Just ask him to be with you. Uh, he's behind everything that I do. So if you've ever listened to me, you'll have been in his energy. Meta means to go beyond. Um, there's an opportunity to go beyond that which we've ever been before. Don't risk losing that opportunity by not having your eye on the ball, by not being focused, by mucking about, playing around. This is also the energy of sort of addict addictive type energy. Um, it's the energy of laissez-faire, just it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. September feels a month where it's important to show up in a way that your mother would be proud of, is what I'm hearing. 
okay, if you had, didn't have a good relationship with your mother, whoever it is in your life that you've always wanted just to be proud of you. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, or if, you, if it's not a person, that God is proud of you, that spirit is proud of you, that Mother Earth is proud of you. And most of all, that you're proud of yourself. Show up this September in a way that you can be proud of that you can go beyond what you think you're capable of, that you can transcend what you think you can't. Um, and four, the energy of stability. We've also got the energy of the apprentice of fire and the seeker of fire here on the deck, as, on the bottom of the deck as well. Um, and I'll take that one, gentleness and death. And Chris, we could just carry on and on and use the whole deck, but I think I'll stop there. So we've got the energies of fire. We've got the apprentice of fire and the seeker of fire. Um, lots of hot energy around us and within us. Make sure you channel that well and properly and thoroughly and safely and respectfully. Don't burn other people with your hot tongue, um, with the whip of your tail. <laughs> um, stand in a circle in a community of like-minded people this feels like an energy of purification of the flames as well what else have we got We've got the energy of gentleness we did have the energy of death here but that goes with the card of endings that we've already had and then we've got the four of lotus which is the last card i'm going to pull today which is the energy of crystallization so what have we got We've got the how many fours have we got here? Got three fours, four, 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 four. Angelic frequency. Um, this feels like the four of lotus feels as though it's the energy of the heart, crystalline energy within the heart. Uh, the four of shells, the energy of gentleness to be able to just float through, swim through, glide through this month. The four of stones, the more that I'm looking at this, it feels as though this is our energy. It's as though we're able to dodge, dodge the bullets, dodge the uh, the missiles. I'm not talking uh, physically there. I'm just talking dodge the energy out there, which is hostile, aggressive. Lots of people coming for us. Lots of people coming for us because it's like, who are you to be this graceful? What is that? Is that a stingray? No, probably not. Let me have a look in the book. Um, but whatever that creature is, it's just being able to glide very gracefully through uh, the four of shells. What is it? It's a mantra. Manta ray. Okay, it's, the, it's a manta ray. Um, it says, in our busy, busy schedule, it's, it's confirming what I've been talking about. It says, in our busy schedule, there may be many distractions. The four of shells asks you, asks you to find stillness. It's exactly what I said with that, this one. Find stillness. So, four of shells to find stillness. Um, do your prayers or mantras to center yourself. Ask the divas, angels, Christ, Kuan Yin, Buddha, Krishna uh, to come to your assistance to cleanse you and restore you in the faith of unconditional love. Um, and in terms of the manta ray, it says... The manta ray is also known as a stingray. Oh, okay, I was right. It's also known as a stingray, and they can sting. 
The message here asks us to pay attention to what may be causing us pain. We can take the sting out of any situation by acknowledging what is being mirrored to us or what is right in front of us. As we let go of fears and anxieties, we open up to the more gentle aspects of the card. The manta ray has a gentle nature as it forages on the ocean floor. It disturbs the marine life as it forages, creating a feast for other inhabitants of the sea. Likewise, as you share your gifts in the simplest of ways, we had generosity, didn't we? Um, like cooking for friends or family with love, by doing so, you embody the flowing ease of the mantra ray. Uh, yeah, so it's confirming what came up earlier in this session. So I do hope that helped. I'm going to leave it there for now. Is that another four? No, there's three fours. We're going to end on those three fours. Uh, take great care. I shall be back soon. And uh, lots of love to everybody. Let's all be our best self. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Okay, Rainbird, you get the last word. And uh, this Emerald Serpent Feathered one is right here with this talking stick, and I pass it to you. Here it comes. Okay, okay. I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much um, for a, a packed evening, for sure. We came all the way here to the end and um, appreciate all of it. Lots of gratitude for all the ways that we come together on Friday night. And uh, I pass this talking stick back to you. Here it comes. Thank you, Rainbird. Rama, anything for your last word here tonight? Oh, to just to work with the energies and keep looking up. <laughs> okay, everyone. I accept <laughs> until we meet this afternoon uh, and do this again. Uh, and we're going to just bid you all aloha, sweet dreams. See you on the bridge. Namaste, everyone. Namaste. Namaste.